0: Oh, man. Off <laughs> to a questionable start.
1: So, so start. So, so
0: start. Oh, my gosh, guys. Welcome back to the land of Church Jams Now. To the world. Church to the, Jams. To the, Landia. To the multiverse of Church Jams Now. Ooh. I'm trying to stay in the zeitgeist. There's something Yeah, I there. know, I know.
1: Yeah, you got to stay relevant.
0: Church Jams now. Hey, welcome back to Church Jams now. We have missed, I have missed you guys, and I have missed our awesome audience, friends. To wait, this. Now, who, who are you again? Oh, me? I'm Kylan Savage.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, it's
2: Kylan. Oh, back. Wow. It's been so long. It has
0: been so long. It's been too long, my friends. I like how we're acting like the three of us have not spoken <laughs> so since I, the podcast last aired.
1: I legitimately don't really remember who you are, so this is just TJ, a great TJ, we talk
0: every single day. We literally talk do every we? single day.
1: Okay, well. We do. For the audience at home, I'm TJ Savage. Oh, dang it. <laughs> TJ Olsen. No, wait. No, that's not right. I'm TJ Smith. How's it going? And we've got a wonderful third host today. Who do we have, Kylan? Who is it? Mr. Josh Olson. Whoa! Producer extraordinaire.
2: Oh, yeah. You took me to your leader and I'm back again.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Well, you know, as we continually congratulate ourselves for being able to hook up microphones and figure out Zoom, (laughs) let's talk about what this show is. Welcome back. This is Church Jams Now. TJ, you, you used to always do a little Church Jams Now kind of thing that okay, I do. Okay, do it again. To, do it, yeah, it again. Well, I'd I'm always ready. cut it out, um, but I miss it. do <laughs> oh, you want to do it? <laughs> okay, do it again. Do it again. Welcome back to Church Jams Now. No! That's perfect. Oh, our, our Zoom is running out in 10 minutes. I, <laughs> oh, I, used no. to, I used to pay for the Zoom Pro, and now I
1: don't. <laughs> Because we haven't. Well, this will be a very short party. Eh? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, the,
0: uh, the whole idea of the show is that we are former youth group kids and current music nerds, and we do a deep dive on Christian music of the 90s and 2000s and see if it still holds up today. Was that good? Did I remember that right?
1: That was great. Yeah.
0: Sweet. And so to welcome us back, we decided to do an album that's pretty important to me. And I think to Josh and to me, TJ, you're left out cold.
1: Less near and dear to me, but that's all right. Yeah, but you know.
2: <laughs> Which that'll be interesting. I want to know how this album missed you. That'll be something good to get into because I'm personally, a great way I'm to personally it. curious. And the album that we're talking about,
0: the album we're talking about is Cities by Anne Berlin.
1: Ooh, Cities. I'm very excited to talk about it. And this will be the first time we cover Anne Berlin. Which is exciting, far from the last. Yeah, I don't know about
0: far from Certainly. the last. They've haven't done they've that one, many. They've many only albums. got seven.
2: So
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, before we get into that, do you think we should do a sort of like state of the union is not the right term, but like state of the podcast? Like you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since we've done this, and so in that time. If you guys have listened to any of the older episodes, you know that I had a baby, like kind of right when the podcast was starting, and my wife and I live far away from family and stuff, and we both work from home, which means we both have been taking care of our kid, and that makes it really hard to podcast. Uh, So we kind of took a break for a while, but in that intervening time... I think the three of us, you know, uh, Josh and TJ, not my wife and my daughter, the three of us have been talking about this a lot and sort of revamping how we want to do this, uh, how we want to make it happen. Uh, I think we're coming back bigger, better than ever. Um, We've got some cool guests lined up. We've got some awesome stuff coming up on the Patreon. I'm sure you'll hear about in the ad.
1: Uh, Is there anything else you guys
0: want to add to that
1: well i just wanted to mention that you know you shared a little bit about your personal life kylan and it, it's it's so true um <clears throat> you know work life and and child care are important and um as you know kylan but the audience might know i was busy taking care of josh as if he were my uh baby i was burping him feeding him changing his diaper um is, he's a full-grown man which is a and long still,
2: commute for you
1: so I had to get on a plane yeah. every day mm-hmm. it was rough you and know, well the weirdest thing is
0: how, how you disregarded Josh's two children including his new his, the new one that has his, <laughs> been born the new since one the last happened. episode how you just ignored them and were like excuse me
1: TJ's well, here, granddaddy TJ so- taking care of your daddy <laughs> granddaddy that's my next album um <clears throat> No, so the idea is you pay it forward, right? So I was taking care of Josh so that he could take care of his own children. Yeah.
0: Well, see, that bums me out because I live like 30 minutes away from you and I think I've seen you like twice in the last three months.
1: You just seemed a little busy, man. Josh had so (laughs) much free time on his hands. So he could receive the care. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep. And I'm
1: very much appreciative of it. it.
0: Receive the love. All right. (laughs) All right. Josh, congratulations on, on your new baby boy. By the way, yes, oh, thank you.
1: And your old baby, Dad vibes. and the old ones. Yep. And congratulations! It's
2: full-blown toddler mode now, so things are so crazy. So
1: old. Get it. An ancient toddler.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into it. All right, the album we are doing this time is Cities by Anne Berlin, and our beautiful, incredible. I don't, Josh, you are beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and But I don't know why that was the first adjective that came to mind. I apologize. I, I should have said, like, incredible, like, competent. But I said beautiful, so we just got to run with it. <laughs> All right. Our beautiful producer, Josh. He's pretty beautiful. Uh, did a bunch of research on this album. So for those of you that are new to the podcast, essentially what we do is this first part We kind of talk about the history of the band, a little bit of context on the album that we're talking about, take a break, we listen to it, we come back, and we'll go through track by track talking about um, all of the songs on the album, our impressions of it, and leave you be. So Josh, you want to talk a little bit about Anne Berlin in general and about the album Cities?
1: Yeah, give us a little context, Josh.
2: For sure. Brief summary. Amberlynn, uh originally from Florida. Um, they started in 2002, ended in 2014, uh, and did seven albums in that time frame. So, honestly, pretty prolific. Uh, yeah. They were one of, I'd say, one of the bigger bands that come out of Tooth & Nail. They did their first three full-length records on Tooth & Nail, um, which this Cities is their third one. So, this was their last one on Tooth & Nail. Right, because they, they jumped to
0: a major after this, Yeah, right?
2: because this one, they were on a real upward trajectory which thanks to cities because they were going up from their previous album but cities really catapulted them to get snatched up by a major label universal republic uh i would say they've been one of the i say one of the bands because a lot of tooth and Nail bands kind of had that made that jump to a major label but i say they were definitely the most one of the more successful ones and had the longevity a lot of other ones like may or something came out and did one album and then that was kind of it on the major label and so but they had right. a, a pretty good career after that they did their first three on tooth and nail then went to universal republic for the next three and then for their farewell record they came back to tooth and nail and did it so oh, they did cool. three oh. three real big albums on universal republic pretty big career uh they're back yeah, now
0: Amberlin, amberlynn to me is like the tooth and nail band
2: and they are to yeah. a lot of people
0: like there, when I think of tooth and nail, I think of specifically not cities, I think of never take friendship personal.
1: Okay. But
0: that, that seems like the most, because that was like the Aaron Sprinkle, like, like, that was tooth and nail to me for years. You know? Yeah.
2: I always hear people talk, they always mention Amberlin, Emery, Underoath is like what the kind of the, the three names yep. you hear the most for tooth and nail. Yep. So that totally makes sense.
1: The vowels of tooth and nail. <laughs> That's true. A <laughs> E U. A E
2: U. Skip and the I other don't one. Know. Don't need them I know. I would never would have noticed that until you mentioned it. Wow. That's why okay. we keep TJ around. I, I know. Yeah. He's the That's, vowel guy. I'm here for that. the zingers, man. I'm the yep. vibe guy. He's the vowel guy.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Happily mm-hmm. proud to be that.
2: Uh, I'll say, so going back to Amberlynn, uh, the members for this record are, uh, we have, there's five people in the band, Stephen Christian on vocals, uh, Joey, Joseph Joey Milligan on guitar, Dion Rexrote on bass, and Nate Young uh, on drums. And at this time in the band, he's probably only 17 or 18, because he recorded that their what? first record when he was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. Yeah. He's like he's still man. in high school wow. whenever they got signed.
0: That is insane. That's crazy. He's the, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. The drumming on this album is like one of my favorites.
2: As the only non drummer here, I he's a phenomenal drummer and y'all yeah, can talk more about that.
0: <laughs> no, he's so good. He's so good. But specifically, I remember seeing him live on the tour for this album and it is hmm. incredible. Oh, he's, he's, so he's, I mean, he's, he's a very flashy. I mean, if, yeah, if he was 17 or 18, very flashy drummer, but that oh, was well, 17 that or
2: 18-year-old. 17 or 18-year-old isn't, you know? Okay,
0: <laughs> can, I, can I tangent real quick? Um, when I went to school in Florida, went to school in Fort Lauderdale for worship music for a year, uh, one of the worship bands that I was in, we went and did a worship service at a church. I think it was outside of St. Petersburg, And it was one of those churches that's in, like, a strip mall. You know, they just Mm. basically, like, rented a room. I know the type. Had, like, a little PA system and stuff. But their drum kit was so nice. And it had uh, had, uh, a double bass pedal.
1: I thought it was really funny
0: because, like, most, you know, you guys have both played in churches like this. Uh, The drums are typically the last thing that anyone thinks about. but This kit was like brand new, well taken care of, really nice gear. And this double bass pedal I thought was really funny. And it turns out that, at least according to to the the people there, that uh, Nate Young and Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath had played at that church like they're like I think Aaron Gillespie's why uncle or someone was like the pastor. And so they they one of one of the two of them had had obviously like invested in this drum kit at this Cuz they church. didn't want
1: to play a crappy kit. Yeah,
0: and I just That's I just so thought that funny. was that was really funny that yeah. I got to play I got to play on a kit that both Aaron Gillespie and Nate Young played mm. on even if it was just doing Song, How great is our God? songs for like 15 people <laughs> yeah. on like a Wednesday night.
1: That's that's a pretty cool claim to fame many people man. can say that.
0: That's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. I feel pretty cool about it. And this is literally the only opportunity I think I've had to share that with anyone who would like give a shit about it.
2: I remember you telling me that when in college, whenever we first became roommates, I probably in and college I, was like, though, I probably so said
0: sick. it I probably said it a lot more like, hey. Check out how cool I am. I got to do this. Oh, I yeah. was like,
2: you played Cornerstone? You played at this, you played this double kick pedal that Nate Where and Aaron was,
0: played? Like now I'm just like, we played a dinky <laughs> freaking tent at Cornerstone at like 3 p.m. on a Tuesday.
2: But that Cornerstone <laughs>
0: Festival that I played, and Berlin headlined. So we'll, we'll tie it we'll all back. That too. Tying
1: it back. Oh, look at that. I just wanted to say for context or to sort of further affirm how strange this is. At a at a strip mall church or like a smaller church, it is absolutely um, typical to find a a kit that's like maybe a vintage Ludwig or something. And nothing against Ludwig drums, but just like this thing has seen better days. Or like it a has Frankenstein kit. It's got like a yes, you know, like three t- none of the toms, toms are Different different colors. Maybe and one like, of them uh, is the same as the kick, and the all others are like symbols. Maybe they came from Great Britain, like way back in during the Revolutionary period, and uh, and the lugs are missing. At least one is missing on every drum, so it was a big deal. The snares aren't attached, so big deal that there's a nice kit at this place for sure.
0: Pretty cool. All right, that that was. I just I had to get that out. This is like the only opportunity I've ever had to
2: talk about it. So let's get back to the band. Extremely relevant. Yeah, and back to the band. Uh, and so those, those four guys, Stephen on vocals, Joey on guitar, Dion on bass and Nate on drums, they have been in Amberlynn the entire time. Um, they've only had three other different, uh, rhythm guitarists that they've kind of cycled through. They had one for their first album. Um, they didn't have one for their second one. They had, uh, Nathan Strayer who was only in the band for this album. And then after this, they got a, uh, Christian another Christian in the band. Um, and he's been their rhythm guitarist ever since then. Um, so Nathan was only on this record and, uh, I don't know how much he was really involved in this because, uh, there is a documentary for this and he has like, I don't know, maybe one or two like little talking head interviews. So he's not really involved. And it's like his first time with the band, like his first album with the band on the previous record. Um, it was just Joey playing guitar on Never Take Friendship Personal. And I would bet that it was the same kind of situation for this one. And mm. have you have you ever, Guy know Kylan, seen Amberlynn live? Have you ever, TJ? I
1: have not.
2: Okay. No. For some reason, whenever I'm listening to the records, it never translated. But whenever I saw Amberlynn live for the first time, like I could not stop watching Joey their guitars because he is just up there shredding the entire time. And then uh, like ever like I just never realized that Amber Lynn's guitar parts were that technical or that like that active but he's just up there he's crazy. So every time well, I've seen that Well, I didn't them, realize
0: that until really the the guitar solo on
2: Godspeed probably.
0: Godspeed, yep. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this!" Yes,
2: no, rocks. he is crazy good. So hmm. I, so Nathan Strayer is credited as being the rhythm guitarist on this record, but I'm, a, I would guess that it's kind of a similar situation to Never Take, where Joey probably did all the guitars himself because he's ridiculous. Um, and then. So that's really the band. There's some past history with like a previous band that they were in together. I want to uh, talk
0: about the previous band. Okay, yeah. Because I didn't know this, but uh, I was
2: reading your research. And...
1: What was it called? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Because I don't know anything about this. So you're enlightening me quite a bit.
2: Am I going to you will you want, Kylan?
1: You got it. It's okay, all you, buddy. All right. So...
2: Prior to forming Amberlynn, Stephen Christian, vocalist, Joey, guitarist, and Dion the Bassist were in a band together that was, I think you pronounce it SAGO 24-7. It's S-A-G-O-H, which stands for... SAGO. Servants After God's Own Heart 24-7.
0: Oof. Yeah. it's rough. It's
2: That's rough. It's really rough.
0: Wow. It's like... When I was in middle school, oh when I was in middle school, I wanted to start a worship band and call it extreme examples. I Double bet they both X's. started with X's too. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I was
1: straight 12 edge. straight edge.
2: <laughs> yes. No. And so Sago 24 seven has two CDs. Uh, I have the first one and it's, not good, it's really bad.
1: <laughs> really, it's not good. That might
2: be a but that might be
0: like a Patreon bonus episode. We you, might have to, oh gosh, we might have to dive in. I don't that. think I've
2: ever sat through the whole thing because it's not good. Well, so
0: you will if if uh, we hey, do it for Patreon. sure, I'll do it for the so patrons. if you guys listen, listen, this is a great ad. If you guys want to hear Josh get through the no, first it's just me. sago, tw- <laughs> yeah, we're just making Josh, Josh. do it, just Josh All on his own. Doing album commentary for the Saga 24-7 first album. You know, our our tier started at $2 a month,
1: guys. It's not
0: a lot to pay. It's, it's not a lot. It's great for content. Some,
2: for such little what investment. What I guarantee
1: will be quality entertainment. Oh,
2: Thank gosh. You, I hope so no one does you it so, so I don't speech. have to go through it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think
1: I'm going to sign up.
2: Just to make me do it. Josh, yep. I, I
0: guarantee you... At, Everyone that signs up on Patreon and specifically mentions Sago Twenty Four Seven, I will give you. You will get all of the money that will go straight to you. You'll have to to make it like that'll be like
2: the promo code when you sign when you sign up. Like (laughs) enter Sago Twenty Four Seven (laughs) for to make Josh do this record. That's so great! I love that so uh and then uh once again with the band history so they were active from 2002 to 2014 they broke up um and i went to their farewell tour and i was obviously a big fan for all this so they i remember them being very adamant about like being like this is the end We know what we want to do like very like resolute about it and then lo and behold five years later in 2019 they get back together And they do a reunion tour. Yes, I know, but no one was as adamant about it. And I have this thing about there's so many bands, and here's like a little tangent, but a real big pet peeve of mine is bands that will just like announce they're going on a, they're breaking up or they're going on a hiatus only to return in what would be a normal album cycle cycle? yes. like like switchfoot did this recently where they came Uh back in three years i'm like that's a regular album cycle motion city did it hardcore yes with motion
0: city did um did haste the day they did that right didn't they come back they did
2: like a reunion record but never like they just they just made a record and put it out and that was it okay so they get a pass they're good but even under oath has done it like they hung it up and like i think i can't remember when it was like 20. 13 and then they were back in 2016. so right. there's so many bands that have done it which I'm like you would have you would have you didn't have to tell anyone and you would have been back for the next record
1: it's but it's a is, shameless marketing move yeah man. they do uh, it because
0: then the album or the the tour before that sells out oh and for sure tour where and they then come the back it does sells, out. sells
1: out yeah yep exactly so, so guys works, we're breaking up the like
0: podcast it. yeah uh, I'm this out. is the last we're, one I'm done this is we're the last the last podcast we'll see you guys next week <laughs> um, cool. Hey, do you want to talk a little bit about the album in particular?
2: I would love to. Okay, so well, like I said, this is their third album and last studio album with oh, TJ. Actually left. TJ actually, actually left. Okay, <laughs> we'll do like the little like this is our side project until TJ comes back and then we can. <laughs> this is our anchor in Braille. Yeah. oh Hey guys, did you miss me? I'm back. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Reunion tour. All right, I'll start selling tickets. Let's book a couple Perfect. stadiums.
1: Let's go. Okay. Promo code SAGA247. Oh,
2: gosh.
1: <laughs> it's all the same promo code.
2: We don't know where things are no, going. If we do anything with promo codes. We don't codes, know what
0: promo codes That is That is 100% going to be our promo code for
2: anything. Okay, if you need any anyone out there who has to come up with passwords for their work, that's a great password because it's eight characters and it has... Letters and numbers in it, so well,
1: it was We're, a great password. It, yeah, that's true. Until <laughs> we a all lot, use man. that password
2: Until, <laughs> for all of the church Jams now, uh, stuff, and our yeah. email
1: gets hacked, we gotta change everything. Oops,
2: I'll just gosh, we'll just edit this out of the podcast. Gosh, no one sorry. needs to know about our passwords. <laughs> so funny. All right, so this album came out in two thousand seven. It did, right. and it was produced by Aaron Sprinkle, who had produced their pr- first two records at this point, point. Um, and I mean produced basically kind of throw a dart at any tooth and nail band and you're going to hit a band that's been produced by Aaron Sprinkle.
0: Right. He's got a very specific sound to like the big drums, the big guitar. Like Yeah, very clean drums, production.
2: Like, Not very yeah. over, I wouldn't say overproduced, but very clean no. production style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For
0: sure. I mean, I think it definitely, and we'll probably talk about that when we get more into the actual album, but I think... Aaron Sprinkle's influence on not just Christian bands of this era but a lot of those like emo pop punk bands of this time is always completely understated. Like I think he was a massive influence on so many of those uh, of that production sound.
1: I've is. never thought about that but I I would love for someone to go down the rabbit hole and like prove your theory. Like, find some secular bands that had that took s- sort of like pages out of his book production wise. Or, oh, I can 100% Sonic. do it. I mean, yeah, all right, yeah, like, uh, four year strong,
0: the main, like, I mean, like, there's, I mean, we can, we can definitely get into it. Those are the first two That's that come pretty to cool. mind,
1: nice, oh, yeah,
2: for. Patrons, just put in the promo code Aaron Sprinkle and Kylan will do that for the patron episode. Uh (laughs)
0: We're going to do an Aaron Sprinkle deep dive. Got him. Yep. (laughs) I'm
2: going to do like an eight part investigative series. Okay. uh, Last thing we'll think we can talk about is the charts for this one. uh, When it comes out, uh, which again is February 20th, 2007, almost celebrating its 15 year anniversary, which is why we're talking about it, Uh, it debuts at the Billboard 200 at number 19 and this is the Ooh. Billboard 200 this is all not albums the, not the yeah not just dang, the christian wow. one yeah number 19 moving 34,000 units in the first week uh on the Billboard rock charts it's number 6 and on the Billboard christian charts it's number 2 which wow, those are impressive dang. but 19 on Billboard 200 is pretty impressive I'm curious I'm curious
0: about when it debuted what <clears throat> Billboard christian album was number 1 and then what their ranking was on the Billboard 200. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's a good question.
0: And it's something we could look up, but I'm not going to do it so we can talk about it later. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Hit <laughs> us up in the comments, folks.
0: Yep. Uh dude, this album, yeah, this album was a big deal. I remember this this was a this was like a seminal album. You know, I was 17, I was doing Truth About Movie Stars. Um What's Truth About Movie Stars? Uh this whole band. Rock and roll, what do you want? This amazing, original, um, iconic band. But around this time, like, because it started out, I started doing, like, solo acoustic music. And this album was a huge influence on, like, what. Like, I wanted to be
1: in Berlin. Mm, I don't think I've ever heard you say that in, yeah, in so many words, like, as directly as you At just At this said. time, it was, like, it was a big deal.
0: There are some specific moments on this record that I definitely like, or specific vibes that I definitely ripped off for Via Maurice. I know of one that I we did in, in That, we, d- in that college. we did. Yeah. yeah. The Josh and I, that was the first first album Josh and I worked on together. And it definitely has some Anne Berlin vibes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, Josh, I want I want to hear a little bit about I see in your notes this regarding lyrical content.
2: For this one, Stephen Christian, the vocalist and lyricist, talks about um, that the first album really deals with uh, the themes are like man versus nature. The second album is dealing with man versus man. And this City's the third album, he said, completes the trilogy of dealing with a lot of man versus self. And so that's kind of, I guess, the kind of trajectory you can take through the lyrics happening through their first three records which I don't know I think that maybe is what makes this one land so much because it's man versus self which I guess is
0: yeah that might be his. why it resonates so much with me I think even though I do more don't... introspective yeah no that's a lie I don't listen to lyrics at all <laughs> this album just rips <laughs> I just like it <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm trying that's to. Why I got, that's why I got 40, in the
2: notes. This is some real <laughs> TJ content right here. I'm like, this is what TJ will get into. Like, uh, yeah okay, that's, that's be, cool. That's gonna be you.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I'll, I'll really, I'll hook into that. I'll pay more attention to the lyrics because I'll be honest, I, I don't remember much about the lyrics. So well, that'll well, be well.
0: TJ, I want to hear a little bit about like Anne Berlin in general. With you like, what From is my your perspective because yeah, you know, we kind of mentioned up top like this album kind of missed you, so like what was going on like yeah why why why, why the hell did you not listen to this album? Well, you were the one
2: guy that <laughs> wasn't listening to cities? what's wrong with me?
1: <laughs> no, yeah, um I, I'm really glad actually that um that it was kind of a a resonant album for for both you guys. I think for me, and had their moment. Uh, for me as a listener with never take friendship personal after that, for some reason I fell off the ambulance train entirely because I get it.
0: Because dude, I did after this
1: album. Oh really? Yeah. I so did you were not. just one album cycle after with, with them. Yeah. Essentially we were just kind of done. Yeah. I think basically in the, in the time between never take friendship Personal" and this one, I decided they were too mainstream and I was, too much of a scenester at the time, like yeah. I, I, I was listening to Arcade Fire and the Decemberists at this point. This was my senior year of high school, and I was like too cool to listen to Anne Berlin. And I mean no offense. I talk about hubristic like youth, <laughs> like I was, I was in the like the indie zeitgeist world, and I, I just like couldn't. There were plenty of other bands that dropped you know rock albums at this time, Christian or otherwise, that I listened to. For some reason, Anne Berlin was one of those that. Was too polished. They were. They were in my mind. They were like too slick. They were mainstream. That's wild um, because it was all these silly reasons, right? These superficial reasons, right? I, like, but that's back, essentially I'm like, you're dumb. Like you should have listened to them.
0: <laughs> that's essentially what happened to me with New Surrender, with their major label album, because mm. uh, they did Paper Thin Hymn, right? They redid it on uh, New Feel Good Drag. Feel Good Drag, yeah. Yep. And I was like, why? Why are you redoing old songs? Now it just sounds way too overproduced and it's so poppy and uh
1: so i was just like one degree hipster more than you at this time
0: what do you mean were
1: beek, beek. oh shit gotcha
2: no zing that, that's funny all right i quit the pod <laughs> oh he's gone again okay all right that's well, my, anchor, I, and for, need, yeah, anchor and braille time yeah anchor that's great deep cut i'm back cool. i'm back cool well it's funny that you mentioned it because i think we all hit like our that the, the phase where we kind of got over Amberlin at different albums. Cause TJ, yeah, you were was in for, you? for never take, and then you were out for cities. Kylan, you were in for cities. You were out for new surrender. Uh, for me, I like, I heard like papers in him on the radio. Um, so I knew that one. I knew like ready fuels, the terrible music video, uh, but I, so I knew that song, but then when cities came out, I heard unwinding Cable Car, and I was like, oh, this is good. So that's what got me into the record. So this is the record that made me an Amberlynn, uh fan, and so I was oh, full-blown into them. When New Surrender came out, I was like, yes, this is great. This is even better than Cities. Like I had a real big honeymoon phase where I was like, this is like so good. I was loving it, and then like it really wore off. But I was still into it. Yeah, and maybe that was kind of what did it because by the time um, they're – uh fifth album came out, which is Darkest the Way. I didn't even listen to it. I was like I think I listened I to a listened single to and I was like, eh, I don't know. I wasn't into it. It took me years for me to like actually listen to that record, which it's okay. It's not terrible.
0: Hey, don't but spoil it. We might we will we might cover that. It's true. That's true. <laughs> true.
2: I can't tell Hey, what. you it's never
0: said whether
1: it was I a flop or say. a pop. Yeah. That's true.
2: So That's but true. it's funny <laughs> that we all have like different phases where we rose and fell with Amberlynn. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that is interesting.
0: Yeah, because I was a diehard from Blueprints. Uh, oh, gee. When I heard that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was like was right their, when I was like, "That's their first one." That was one. their first album. First
1: one, okay. That so was, was right like before 04? Never
0: Take Friendship Personal. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Which but I didn't just, hear. It. I didn't hear it till. Honestly, though, I think I heard it right. Maybe I heard a single from Never Take Friendship Personal. And then been before I hand. listened to that whole album. Because at that point I always did like deep dives on everybody. I was like, oh, I gotta listen to the first thing first. And I would download, I would go on Live Journal or <laughs> uh you know, find LimeWire and find all these albums.
2: Only nineties kids remember. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Okay. So that that is interesting that we all kind of had our Rises yeah, and falls, and TJ, you said you've never seen them live. Never, it was a thing,
1: man. They put on I've a been really to cornerstone good show. three times. Dang, dude! And they're a big cornerstone band, so they are, yeah. That tells you how and they were a big warp tour
2: band. Did you ever go to warp tour?
1: True, no, I never did, I didn't either. Yeah, but they, yeah,
0: they, they were one of those like they're in that era too. of, Like, there was definitely a lot of crossover of that, like, tooth and nail, a lot of that emo pop punk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: yeah. And then one, I'll say one final thing on this is that I'd say cities, I feel like is like the collective fan favorite for Amberlin people, but I'm always surprised that so many, like that never take is a very close second. So it makes sense that that was like the me. big one yeah. for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cause I always just assumed everyone like cities was far and above everyone's favorite, but I'm like, Oh, a lot of people really love never take.
0: Yeah, dude. Well, I was already, me and my band were covering Paper Thin Hymn live at shows. Oh nice. When Cities came out. Ooh. And we we're like, Oh my god, this is amazing. So, uh, when was the last time you guys listened to this album? I uh, I'll say within the last two or three months,
2: so. Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. Of course.
1: <laughs> I really don't know. I wanna say it was like when the band I was in that played Cornerstone was trying to get hyped up and and find musical inspiration and I was like I don't like this band <laughs> I don't know why this is what we're listening to that's funny I and that was like 2000 cornerstone
2: stopped in like 20 2010 maybe so yeah was a long time I want to say
1: it was 09 maybe when that happened so over over a decade I think that's when we played cornerstone do we play the same year Have we talked maybe? about maybe I don't think we have maybe yeah. that'd be crazy that would be crazy.
0: I guess it wouldn't be the craziest thing. We were both in like Christian rock bands in the mid 2000s.
1: Yeah. Like, that is like the hub. Playing yeah. in, the in a field in Illinois. It's been a couple years for me. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it was a cool field, all right? Everybody was in that field. Would you say how long yours has been? Oh, it's been a couple of years.
2: Okay. Um, if you had to guess. I would say probably
0: since we've been in Oregon. Sometime within the last five years. And I remember, like, uh, probably the last, maybe about a year or so. Uh, Because usually, because we went down to Texas last July. That was a, because we had the baby, it was ten days. So usually on any road trip, if, if I'm driving long enough, um... The Bare Naked Ladies' first album, Gordon, will inevitably come on, and of course, all manner of pop punk will usually like make an appearance after like day four. Um, so I remember going down like the tooth, the tooth and nail rabbit hole. Nice. Did a bunch of Emery, a bunch of In Berlin. So here's the question, guys: Is this album going to be a flop or a bop? I mean, is it a question? I As think we all, we all know? Know. yeah, I think we all
2: know.
1: <laughs> I'm on the fence, man.
2: Yeah, TJ. TJ's the one I'm looking forward to hearing how.
0: This... I know, like, who who gives a shit? What we? I mean, we've already been like,
2: this album's awesome. Well, and I'm I, like, i I just listened to it a couple months ago. Like, obviously, it's gonna be a bop. So,
1: but to throw it back to our Christmas episode where I was able to dig deep and find a little of that Christmas magic for you, the Grinch, Kylan. Maybe this will be an opportunity for you guys to help me see the light.
0: Find the magic of Cornerstone.
1: In the cities that, are, that are shining oh. out to me. There's Maybe you can draw me in and show me what was so magical about this album. We're going Maybe I'll it. end up finding it was a bop. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Who knows? Well, guys, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will do a deep dive on cities by Amberlynn.
2: Before we get into the second half of this episode, Church Jams Now is proud to bring you Trivial Trivia. This is a new segment where I, Josh, share obscure and trivial information related to the album or artists we're discussing each episode. Let's talk about Amberlynn's longtime producer, Aaron Sprinkle. In addition to his producing, he's also had quite the career as a musician, and today we'll be focusing on one of his bands, Fair. In the second half of this episode, Kyle and TJ and I mentioned musical cameos on Cities from Randy Torres of Project 86 and Aaron Marsh of Copeland. Both musicians also appear on Fair's 2010 album, Disappearing World. Randy Torres co-engineered the record, and he played the guitar solo on the title track, Disappearing World. Aaron Marsh is credited with guest vocals, lead guitar, and co-writing the song, The Worst of Your Wear. If you're not familiar with them, I highly recommend checking out Fair. Both their albums are great and not near as popular as they deserve to be. That concludes this episode of Trivial Trivia, be sure to listen for which songs Randy and Aaron appear on cities. Let's get back to church jams. Now.
0: Yeah. Welcome back to church jams. Now. I hope you enjoyed that ad break. Did you guys enjoy the ad break? You don't even know what the ad was. Do you? That was wonderful. You Best guys want to just I've jump right it. into it. Let's dive right in. Mm, let us. dive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we took some time and we listened to cities, obviously. Um, uh, I know it this is really weird because it's been a week since we recorded, but this is gonna be like thirty seconds after we ended the last one.
2: I did wanna say before we got back into it, following up from last week or from a couple minutes. Part ago, A, if you're just listening to this from part <laughs> A. Yes. Um uh we talked about uh cities debuted on the billboard christian charts on number two and you asked if well we knew what the number one album was that it was behind oh yeah and according to wikipedia which is the best thing i could find it was wow hits 2007 which had come out late in 2006 the year earlier so it was like it would have like a couple (laughs) weeks where it was at number one and then like Switchfoot's oh gravity came out and then that was number one and then Mm -hmm. wow hits would be again and then like toby max like portable sounds came out and then it and then it was wow again. So wow just barely beat cities out for that billboard. Just, just barely billboard beat it Christian out. Wow. Spot, so.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you guys want to just talk about, you know, keep it kind of vague. What were your, your thoughts? You know, we don't want to give it away. Whether it was a flop or a bop. But how do we, how do we feel generally about the album? I guess, do you want to tease? Do you, do you have anything that you're like excited to talk about? Like a particular track or a particular thing that you want to maybe hint at.
1: I think I'll have a, a lot of explanations for why I have and am experiencing this album a lot differently than than you. Okay, so I like that. I've got several like categories, some layers for why. So I'll, I'll yeah. This those is an album something.
2: that hasn't ever really made it too long out of the rotation of things I listen to, like mm-hmm. every couple months, and I'll be like, oh on studies and listen to it so like I, I'm not going to, to this like with some big revelation or like oh wow I really spent some time with it but I'm looking forward to what TJ has since, since he is kind of experiencing this in its in more fullness for the first time or at least in a long time yeah yeah coming so in I'm very fresh what TJ has
0: yeah me too so we're starting with track one debut so I don't know this feels very of the time and I get it I know I talked about this a little bit in part A about how I feel like I ripped off a lot of this album because I did this exact same thing with Via Maurice Uh, but I don't like this track I understand like it makes sense to me. It is a great opening to a live show. Yes. Um, where it starts to add like this noise and things like that. But I feel like it doesn't really do anything. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: I'm kind of the same way. I I used to be in like this. I had this thought. I'm like, I thought all albums needed to have either like an extended like kind of Slow ramp up when the first in the first song or have like a dedicated like intro track to like set the mood or whatever. But now I'm like, I don't know, like it's fine. It's kind of it goes into Godspeed well, but I'm like, it could maybe be a little bit shorter, it doesn't need to be as long as it is. They could do it in like 45 seconds and it would work, so it's fine. But it, like, it, it, it doesn't get
0: me pumped up for the record.
1: Well, I was just gonna say. it i agree with that statement it doesn't get me pumped up what it gives me is this kind of sense of like suspenseful anticipation okay and i think that that's entirely um in the context of thinking about this as an album not as uh as the french would say debut um as an intro for godspeed like i get the kind of like Relationship that they have mm-hmm. as like you know debut being like the precursor into Godspeed, but I I think I like it more as an album opener more than I like it as an intro. So track you're viewing Godspeed, it as the album opener
2: as opposed to just the Correct. intro. setting up Godspeed. Okay. Okay. That's cool.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said too, like I, it's an awesome opening for a live show. You know, like imagine like dark crowd stage is blacked the out, word. you start to hear this, maybe the band's backlit, they walk on stage. that is flipping awesome,
1: oh yeah, but the crowd's losing their mind at that. Point.
0: just listening to this in my airPods at like three o'clock on a Tuesday, skip it. <laughs> you know, you know it doesn't like yeah, I personally don't feel like it. I get why it's there, I guess, especially especially when you think of the whole album and you have finn right at the end with the long outro but
1: i don't got time for it
2: fortunately it's short that's true
1: yeah that is one of its uh strengths is that it isn't overly long
0: (laughs) that's very true all right that brings us right into track two godspeed
2: bring us into godspeed yeah i'll say this song rips just like the tempo of it it's heavy it's strong it's not like heavy heavy but yeah this is a great way to start off the record with just like instant burst of energy yeah
0: i'm i'm way into it uh i wrote that this is also very of the time like so 2007 this was also the year that riot by paramore came out that's the one that had like misery business Mm -hmm. and all that stuff this feels yeah. very of a piece with that album, like specifically the way the drums and the guitars sound, like just mm-hmm. getting you super pumped.
1: Yeah, very amped up. I wrote "hot dang," way too much energy, full <laughs> throttle, time? right out. of Too the much? Too, too much?
0: much energy? You think?
1: No, that's not a that that's that's not a negative. Oh. Way too much, just like surprising amounts of okay. energy. I should say. Yeah. I also really like that when it drops down from the initial kind of like wallop of energy at the beginning and then it drops down to that little thing with the like tiny jazz snare mm-hmm. or whatever's going on there. I love that. That was really yeah. fun. Yeah, I think that...
2: that was something that I picked up on. I think with some of the like the later tracks that I think Amberlynn at this point in their career, three albums in they're really starting to like work on like dynamics and f- figuring out when to like give room for the track to breathe before they like come back in and with something strong. So that I feel like that happens a lot and they do it really tastefully. I think, whereas like maybe on hmm. blueprints, they're kind of just like, you're just a punk band when you're like 22 and you're just like going straight forward. You're just that energy is just way up all the time. So they go for sure. Yeah. Although I
0: will say Josh, to your point, I completely agree with that. I think on some songs though, it's a lot less successful Okay, than it is on this, on, on this mm. record. It's I'll a want, lot less successful I'll and a little more moments. kind of jarring <laughs> to me. Um,
1: Josh is gonna yeah. take you to task on all your yeah. all your critiques. That's fine. That's fine.
0: I critique it's because I love um, this song. Made me wish that they had more guitar solos.
2: Yes. Yeah, and it's that's a good point. Slow... Like
0: I can I you know even I don't know I go back and forth on guitar solos. Kind of all the time. Uh, sometimes they feel entirely too excessive. Um, but I also feel like, especially with this kind of music, like once again, this like mid-2000s emo rock kind of thing, there weren't a lot of guitar solos. And so when you hear one that's mm-hmm. like
1: really good, it just like, it gets me pumped. Yeah, agreed. Because they're so sparing, mm-hmm. when they show up, you're you're kind of excited about it.
2: Yeah, and this is really the biggest and one of the only ones because he has a lot of other like obviously like standout lead parts that is like where you would put exactly, but Middle he doesn't eight. have any other solos. Well, not, yeah, Adelaide has a little bit of one, but not. Well, yeah, we'll get to that now. The gate, which is great. So, yeah, I'm all for this song.
1: I was gonna say the <clears throat> the. Um as we're talking about the energy and kind of the, the sonic elements of the song, I love the also super iconic for the time and the genre, the like, Hey, Hey, and the whoa. Yes. Yeah. I wrote that too. Like the, those gang, gang vocals, vocals are, awesome. are anthemic mm-hmm. and they're big and it's fun. Like, especially when you talk about being in the live context, like this works. Yeah. This song got works. A fun fact on sure. the
2: part on, on the gang. Vox. What do you get? Yeah. What do you get? So, uh, at the time Aaron Sprinkle is producing this album at the time, Randy Torres, who was the longtime guitarist in project 86 was Aaron Sprinkle's and en- his engineer. Um, so they were always just in the studio working on records together. Uh, and so during the gang vocals part, actually Randy's in there singing with them. And I feel like his voice is kind of unique. If you've listened to much project 86, he would do like the clean vocals that you would hear. So any j Six fans out there, you can probably listen to that and be like,
1: "Oh, that's Randy." Okay, yeah, you can probably pick it out. So, and that's just on this track, Josh.
2: That's just on this one that I know of. Yeah, uh, on the DVD, and it's not on the documentary. That's on YouTube. It's like one of like the little. It's like another like a two-minute segment where they're just recording the gang vox, and you can see him in there and hear him in there too. So I love that you know that. Say what?
1: Me too, like,
0: I love that you know that, and I love you yeah. that you know that. <laughs> Does
2: that make this sense? This is like,
1: this is like classic fanboy, uh, the piece well, yeah. that you get only here. my favorite
2: band. And then when I like heard that, I'd like read it somewhere, and then I like saw like the documentary to like confirm it, and you could hear, I was like, yes, like, my favorite band, Randy's on this song, like, makes the song even better.
0: That's so, I mean, yeah, yep. that's always the coolest. That's great. that's like when, uh, when say anything came out with in defense of the genre, for me Literally personally, it's like was on that record. Oh my god! Like every single person that I love in this scene is on this record is the coolest thing. Um, well, I gotta say it, guys. This song has some sweet, sweet bass.
1: <laughs> it is
0: chunky, man. It is chunky in that distorted, like, chunky. like after the solo oh, too, where yeah. it's just, just the bass just that walk up ah so good yeah very cool um cool i think that's all we got for godspeed right yeah
1: well i was gonna say some things about the oh yeah yeah josh pointed me in the direction of a really cool resource um i i guess compiled by steven himself he wrote it right josh
2: when they were either after they had just like retired for the first time, or when they were like getting ready to, because it was already after Lilborn had come out in 2014.
1: So, right, but it's like a lyrics database with some contextual notes about kind of the inspiration of the songs or the themes happening in them. Um, and I kind of poured over those as I was listening, uh, and I found it really interesting. I didn't, I should have realized this, but the line white lines and black tar. He's it's talking drugs. about cocaine and heroin. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why it didn't hit me uh, the first time I listened to it, but um, I I loved how I don't know if this was on purpose, but what what initially struck me was how that actually mirrors the visual black and white line elements of the album art. Obviously, it's supposed to be a cityscape, like that's the that's the intentional maybe idea, right. but I. I thought maybe there's some double entendre there, like buried really deep. Because he talks about a lot of pretty, like, kind of uh, sketchy stuff throughout the album. Yeah. Or racy. There's a lot of racy things that I wouldn't have, personally, I wouldn't have assumed would be on an Amberlynn yeah. album. Yeah, no, th- there's honest. a lot this of is that. a prime example of that. That
0: I had never picked up on until this listen. Um. Also, yeah. do we know, do you guys know... Like, why this album was called Cities?
1: He talks about it a little bit in that in that resource that Josh sent me, the, the website, and he was talking about how he was in Seattle and watching something about Paris at the time, and it kind of hit him, like, there's all these cities that we've toured through, um, obviously they talk about Adelaide, like, mm. kind of. Some double entendre there, but I'm sure Josh would be able to speak speak further on that. But that was what that was my understanding, was he was just kind of... It was like a, lo- a love letter to all the cities that they're familiar with or connected yeah, with. Yeah, that they would gotten a oh, little bit no. bigger to kind of go around and go to all, these write, cities go to all the cities. Tour. Yeah,
2: so.
0: cool. Well, forgive my ignorance. I'm the resident vibe guy, and I think this album's
1: got... Well, and cool I only vibe. just read that, so <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if anybody knew... This is like real nerdy, but the part, I love the part where he says, they lied when they said that they good die young. It's almost like a Morse code kind of thing. Okay. And oh, I'm wondering yeah. if there's something there, if there's like, actual, if there's a code like, in the beeps and dots and all that. Mm, um, it just feels the, like the, like, that, the,
0: like, the like the the rhythm of it?
1: Dang. Oh. I don't know. But it's also if just you know a great Morse, rhythm. It really it's is, yeah. Right, yeah, means, hit, us us up, right. hit us hit up. Hit us up.
0: <laughs> all, all you... <laughs> Morse Cody. CJ and Morse Cody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to Adelaide.
2: Another straight banger. The energy... Stays, it starts high with Godspeed. It stays high with Adelaide. I love these but two. But different, to different each other. than Godspeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, this one's super majory too. Yes,
1: yeah, it's bright. This
0: feels like a Never Take Friendship Personal track. Like it still is Agreed. very much of kind of that era. Which, so I wrote it like later in my notes, but we might as well talk about it here. I do feel like this album more so than a lot of third albums by bands that I like did a really, really, really good job of synthesizing the things that people loved from their past albums. Like specifically, like, uh, there's a track on this album that totally feels like a blueprints for the black market track. And this feels like a never mm-hmm. take friendship personal track, but So, doing those things, but also evolving the band and like pushing it forward and doing new things musically. uh, I just thought that was really cool. Uh, I haven't. You think they struck a good balance? I think they really did, of like, these are the things that people have really enjoyed about our previous albums. So, let's take those elements not do the exact same thing, but maybe have a couple throwback elements while also pushing us forward. I thought I thought it was great. And this song is awesome.
2: I cut the same thing with that in a kind of a different way, but specifically to Never Take, because on Never Take you have Stationary Stationary, which is the third track, which is about a girl. And on this on Cities, you have the third track, which is about a girl. And they're both like kind of very major, bright. Kind of up upbeat song, so I kind of was very always very poppy. Like, I was like both these songs, like songs about girls, poppy songs, are like track three. So I always kind of saw that as like a bridge to never take as well. So yeah, it's mm. cool that you said that and picked up on that.
0: Totally. I also like this song has a couple moments that I am always a sucker for synth lines and guitar lines matching up and doing the same thing. Mm. And there's like a couple of those. It's great.
1: Yeah. I agree. We also see the return of that like jazz snare thing whenever we get into the I think it's the halftime breakdown. TJ. Yeah, and it's great. TJ, explain
2: to me, oh, sorry, Galen, um, what are you
1: can say. No, no, go ahead. I was
2: going to say TJ as the non as the only non drummer here, explain to me what you're talking about with a jazz snare.
1: Well, and I don't know, it might be a marching snare or something, but it's just very like high pitched and open sounding as opposed to like the classic rock snare which is like mostly snares you're hit you're hearing more of really the snares compressed than the drum yeah
0: it feels a lot more open right. okay
1: yeah it's kind of got that high open sound um i'm assuming when i say a jazz snare but that's it it's got more shape to it more body in the sound um but i love it i thought that was great yeah and and i i agree with you about the synth line and guitar line like the parallel line it's always so play. good Dude, it's, it works. It's so fun. And then it goes, it goes um, from that
0: part right into what I like to call a Jimmy World solo.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes.
0: It feel it feels like specifically kind of like the solo on Pain, or e- even the middle yes. a little bit. But that's more of those like yeah. octaves, like you do those power chords, those octaves, oh, and you kind of go Jimmy up and World's down the neck. All the octaves. Yeah. Yes, and. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm I'm calling it a Jimmy World solo, and it's awesome. I love it. Uh, It's a little more, uh, sort of used within this time period, I guess. But it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I love it. I wish maybe he had like split that solo though in half and done like half of that kind of like oh, because there's also like the bends that the that feels very Jimmy World, but I wish he'd kind of done like half of that and maybe just like a quick little shredding line just to sort of keep that kind of guitar energy from Godspeed. Yeah, I can do that. But, you know, I didn't produce this record. So.
1: You, wait, you didn't?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, you guys got anything else on this song uh lyrically? I, I wasn't paying attention cuz I was I was mesmerized by the synth and guitar line.
1: No. I, no. I,
2: I think no. it's a solid I think it's a great one. A solid jam. Yeah it's it's one that I, as time has gone on that it's like one if I can only play like two or three songs from this record I'm like I'll play Adelaide like that's one of the few that I'll oh yeah. Play. yeah yeah for sure so
0: it's great for sure it's like the, the the front half of this record is like flawless I think well maybe not flawless because I've already pointed out a couple of, but in general it's very <laughs> very good <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very, As very. I'm good. only
0: slightly hyperbolic.
1: Very,
0: very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that leads us into track number four A Whisper and a Clamor. Hands, oh, hands, oh, hands, yeah. Like the really fuzzy guitar.
2: Yeah, I thought this one was good about. Obviously still loud, big, high energy, but it has enough of a change in it to uh, set us up for unwinding cable car from the first two, which were just like full throttle, just going heavy. This one has enough. Yeah, it's a really good transition. Yeah, into, so this one obviously still, head. it doesn't just like drop it, but it's it's still really high energy, but in a way that transitions well.
0: Yeah, I um This... Track. On this listen, I don't love it. I like it a lot, but to me, I wrote this feels like a classic two thousands youth group song. Um, like <laughs> in a live context, freaking awesome! This is great. This gets audience participation. Uh, clap your hands, all ye children is so cheesy, <laughs> but it's still really good. Like I, I can, you know, it's still like yeah. it's got that energy. Um. So yeah, I yeah. I like this a lot. I don't love it compared to like the last two songs. Um but it's still like super high energy. A freaking awesome live song.
2: Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. I it's never been like a personal favorite of mine, especially when you've got Godspeed and Adelaide right before it. It can kinda of pale in comparison. But it's like I don't have any real problems with it. I do really love in like the bridge, whenever it's starting to get big again and Steven singing the it's not the lies that you sing part, but he's like mm-hmm. really getting after it, like pushing his voice almost like a scream. He does it a couple of times on right. this on this mm-hmm. record. It's always more yelling, but he does it a couple of times and I really love when he's at that part of like his register and the music's like backing up and being really heavy. So that's probably my favorite part sure. of the song.
1: Yeah. I agree. I I put that in my notes, the the bridge when it's starting to amp back up and he's doing that kind of scream yell vocal work some of my favorite vocal work on this album.
0: Yeah, it's really good.
1: I really like when he pushes his his uh vocal sound into the the gritty range. So that's something kind of on the topic of his his grittier vocals. That's something that I it it, it slowly dawned on me that one of my uh one of the reasons that I have never been a massive Amberlin fan is I think I tend to not enjoy really clean, bright, polished vocals for some reason, in general, right There's exceptions to that, obviously, but in general, they just there's something about it that they don't hook me, yeah um, they're amazing. I can say that I respect them, and like Steven's got chops, he's got chords, like clearly um an incredible, incredible vocalist. And for some reason, it doesn't grab me in a way. And so I think that's why when he was pushing into the grittier uh, vocal style, when he's screaming, when he's yelling, when he's doing stuff that's a little it more just interesting, hits you a little, little weird, a little better, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it grabs me a little bit as a listener. Um, and I noticed that again and again throughout this album. It's like I'm listening to it and I'm like, his vocals are amazing. Why don't I like this? And I think I'm just picky, I guess, when it comes to the really polished vocals. I, like the poppier and cleaner they sound, the less I like them.
0: Yeah. That
1: completely And that's just a personal Yeah, friend. no, that completely makes sense Not,
0: to me. I was talking to my wife when know. um we were listening listening to this album and she's never been an Anne Berlin fan. They're one of those that kind of like passed her by. And there's something about his voice that I can that I love, but I can I can see why it can be off-putting's not the right word. What's the word I'm trying to think of? It can be like a little, a little, um, okay, so I was trying to find a word to describe his voice, because he's got this <laughs> kind of, it's not nasally, it's like the opposite of nasally, like if, if Tom DeLong
1: Oh, it's like throaty, almost.
0: Jen used the word gulpy.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah.
0: Because it's not, it's not quite like the Aaron Weiss, like, uh, like Kermit voice.
1: But right, it's a little right. bit
0: that kind of like back of the throat. So yes. um, it's a really interesting and super unique vocal style. Very. that I haven't really heard anywhere else. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to find some better adjectives because I really, really love it. And I feel like so far. I,
1: I think throaty and gulpy. Okay, great. But so
0: far, I feel like it, it came across <laughs> like let's let's strike from the record off putting. Um,
1: oh, completely. Because it's a yeah, very it's specific
0: not... thing, but it's super cool. It's super rad.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's almost like whenever you combine his unique vocal sound with him pushing, that, yes, when he pushes, kind of that, ragged. That's when I'm like, yes, yes, that's like I'm really here for that... it. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that on this one and a few other times across the album. I also wanted to say the um, what I did like about this one that I thought was very different from the first two, though it's still high energy and like you said, it's a nice. I think y'all both mentioned it being a nice kind of transition track down uh, dynamically. I like that the chorus has that. um, It's almost an underlying like Afro-Cuban kind of thing. It's like clap your hands. all you children. Yeah. It's got that kind of syncopated. And I don't even know if Nate was going for that, but he, he did it. And I really like that. It it makes it hooky and catchy for me as a drummer when I'm listening.
0: Right. Um yeah, so I th- that makes me want to ask you just kind of in general, I know we we talked about it a little bit in part A about how you hadn't really listened to this record and Josh talked about being the only non-drummer. Uh like what do you think of Nate's drumming on this record as a whole?
1: I think it is some of the the most like iconic and powerful punk pop drumming that definitely that we've heard so far on this podcast yeah
0: i agree with that so
1: in the context of albums we've covered it's like maybe tops okay um granted how many episodes do we (laughs) yeah that's
0: true that's true i mean
1: but but i really i yeah i really think he's a super solid drummer and and very interesting very, it's uh, very pop rock. Flashy. It's, yeah, flashy is the you
0: word can, that we used before. Listening
2: to it, you can you can yeah s- just imagine him in the studio like he's just he's reaching up real high to come down on that snare like you know he just his arms are reaching yes. real high in between like hits just because he's that's the kind of style that's what it sounds it, he's like in that it. he's just like being real right. flashy and big which he is but it works
1: completely. Yeah, I feel like if there was another drummer that played differently, they would be a lot. uh crappier band yeah like like everybody's bringing their a-game yeah and it would be really boring without his drumming yeah like because it would it would detract from the other elements that are so strong like the vocals and the guitar and that that sweet sweet bass
0: for sure well speaking of not having the drummer let's go into track five unwinding cable car So this one starts out pretty acoustic. I love the delayed guitar lines.
2: Yeah, starts out on electric, but then the rest of the song is just like all acoustic, which is interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's that very like like multi-tracked acoustic, where it almost gives it like Mm. a I don't know. He's not playing a twelve-string. It sounds like it at
2: times. I think I think the lead line is on a twelve-string. It is on a twelve-string. Okay, Mm. it sounds very twelve-stringy. Okay, because I go back and
0: forth. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, he's definitely playing a twelve-string," and sometimes I'm thinking maybe they just multi-tracked an acoustic. But they could have done both. Yeah, the I don't know. Clients,
2: I, I should have watched the documentary, but I for don't real, remember. Josh, this is know, why we keep you around. It, but
0: this is a complete failure on your part. Yeah,
1: dropping the ball, I
2: Josh. Know, I know. But <laughs> yeah. What did I tell you before we started we recording? Can. We kid. Watch the documentary. The oh, oh no, the other thing okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. uh okay uh if i may i will say this is this has always been a special song for me because this is the one that like won me over as a fan and i was like i heard on the radio and i'm like whoa this that's is really
0: so interesting good. because this feels so different from a lot of their other songs
1: yeah because yeah. like it's a, it's certainly a departure from they're kind of course yeah yeah it was like paper thin hymn question. was all over
2: the radio like the christian rock radio in my in outside of austin <laughs> but so this one i mean this one got a lot of radio play it's got that nice ballady kind of sound that a lot of people can like but yeah this was the one that i heard and got me hooked in um so i've always loved it i always and then when i did start playing guitar this was a great one because it's super simple it's three chords like the entire time. And then even like the lead parts are really simple and easy to learn too. So it's not like if you're, not an advanced guitarist which I wasn't at the time that I could still wait you weren't an advanced every... guitarist
0: when you started playing guitar no even, <laughs>
2: wow. even whenever we were okay <laughs> until, wow. much later much later I know until but, I moved away
1: again we're just disappointed <laughs> yep.
0: I know that so we stopped Sorry. playing together
2: I know then I became super advanced yeah no so I, I was holding always... you back
0: you can say it it's fine no I learned a lot from you
2: <laughs> <laughs> I doubled what I learned in my first year first year okay girls you're both yes. pretty thank you but so this was one that i could play along to the entire song with the chords and then also the lead part so that was always like a cool thing for me and something that i think is cool is like it speaks to you can write a simple song musically when you have joey can just obviously it shows us that he can shred in godspeed but then he can just write this super simple song that just works
0: musically yeah, for sure and and listening back to it right now i think you're right about the 12 string
1: I love having that input from you guys because I never would have been able to, yeah, even um, think about that.
0: Yeah, and Josh, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Like that that it's nice having a really simple song. You know what I mean? Like this is just a solid song. It's got lalas in it, which could be really cheesy, uh, but I think they really work.
2: Yeah, I always thought it was funny, and we're almost to the point in the song. The bass comes in right at the end, and just for like eight bars or whatever, it comes in right here. It's like yes, it drops in, and it's in for just like one chorus, and then it's out. So it's like okay, the bass is in yes, and I love it because
0: short and sweet. Because too, uh, I wrote that it's a very Smiths sounding bass. Oh, you're real picky, right? Very Andy, Mm -hmm. right? Like it, like the specific bass line and the way it's like picked. Where I don't think most of the other bass is on the record, or it doesn't sound like it. It feels like a very Smiths no, bassline, and I was all about it. Um, I love too that when the drums do come in, um, they're not as beefy as they are on the previous songs. Very it's, simple. It's kind of and and even the production of them is not quite like the the jazz open thing that we were talking about before. Um, they right. feel really tight, uh, and a lot mm-hmm. of the high end is sort of uh, accentuated, but it's perfect for this song.
1: Definitely. Yeah, the playing is very restrained, which is which is a uh, some points for for Nate. Way to go! Way to have some restrained drumming.
0: Right. Well, because especially too, like typically when you do have a really big flashy rock drummer, that's usually kind of just what you get. You know, we've all we've right. all played like. In churches and in bands and stuff, and usually so when you on. have that guy, you just have that
1: guy. We've all played up that. <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy.
0: I am that guy. Um, <laughs> but it's nice when, like, you know, yeah, that Nate totally showed some like restraint. Um, did really simple drums that really kind of moved the song forward. I thought this song totally showcased Stephen Christian's vocals, like he does. He does the high note on the "is," yeah, part like
2: yeah, yeah into the this dark, is that part. Is the
0: correlation? Oh, yeah, like he goes up and down, and then he does the he does the kind of yelly thing that T.J. was talking about towards the
1: end of that. Yes, I loved that on this one as well. Could have
0: done without the bongos at the end. Um, yeah, that was funny. Bongos <laughs> felt a little weird. Felt like a little, <laughs> but it, they were just right at the end. But it, mm-hmm. you don't need it. You
2: don't need it. No. No. I love that you mentioned that, likened it to a a very Smith's baseline. I'm still thinking about that. I'm like, that is a perfect way to describe it. Go back and listen to it. It sounds exactly like a Smith's baseline. Which obviously Amber is very big Smith's fans.
0: Yes. Yeah. I feel like beyond being the vibe guy, I'm like, I'm the, I'm the comparison guy. I feel like,
2: Which is a key role. The
0: only thing I ever contribute is like, oh, this sounds like
2: this. (laughs) A very key role, though.
0: Yeah. All right, so moving on to track six, there is no mathematics to love and loss.
1: Can we just critique the grammar of that title. The yes, quick? please. <laughs> I mean it. It should be R, right? I believe so, right?
2: Mathematics is plural.
0: There are no math. Yes.
2: Or
1: is it a s- rep? Or is it the a con? Is it mathematics?
0: Mathematics. Well, if you guys,
1: I, it was just a head scratcher for me. That's if you guys
0: join our Patreon, we have a bonus show. That's only grammar. It's Grammar Jams now. And we do deep what dives.
1: What have I done? Grammar Jams.
0: Grammar now. Jams now.
1: Um, As if this podcast was not niche enough. Right.
0: This is for all the people that only want to critique the grammar of titles of Christian rock albums from the 90s and 2000s. They don't
1: care about the music. We don't even get to the
2: lyrics. That's a separate podcast. This is strictly song (laughs) titles and album
1: titles. Okay, who else really digs the synth rock? It's so good.
0: Okay, so this is what I was talking about. This feels like a Blueprints for the Black Market jammed. This feels very much like their first record. And this was what kind of... But still kind of pushing that sound forward. They have the acoustic guitar in there and... Uh, This felt like a good continuation of that first record kind of um, tying back to their sort of synth poppy, synth rock kind of sound.
1: 100%. And I'm really glad that they decided to keep bringing that sound back and and kind of quote unquote modernizing mm-hmm. it for, for this album cycle. Yeah. Because um, I feel like it's, this is when like clean and polished works for me because it's very tight, like right. all the lines really work really well on top of the drums. Well, And also, the, yeah, the I mean, having the clean vocals really clean.
0: against the like sawtooth mm-hmm. synth, the real like dirty synth.
2: Yeah, so yes. that, that can dirty up your vocals for you, for your taste, TJ. is that, that Does that right, help right, you know, right, make it yeah. a little more palatable for
1: you? <laughs> okay. I think so, I think so. It, it, it just, it hooks the ear a little bit when there's a lot of that going on. But yeah, oh, and I love that uh, kind of, at the beginning there's that sparse breakdown where the drums are just like straight four yes and he's like oh, oh, oh. Right. it was such a change it was such a curveball like i didn't expect it mm-hmm. it's a busy synth rock like disco beat and then it just drops to that straight again he nate's showing some restraint in what he chose to do on that part and it takes things down like really so that they can launch back up yep I really like this track. I think it's one of my favorites.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Not lyrically, but sonically, I would say.
0: That makes sense.
2: Yeah,
1: I I can dig that. I And I talked about this a little bit on the
2: other one, because there's another pretty synth-heavy track, Re- Reclusion, that we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know if I'm just... Maybe I'm not a fan of like Cynthia and Berlin songs, but... This one, I'm just—it's compared to the rest. Like, I don't have any real problems with it, but it's just never been one that was like one of my favorites. And even listening to it, I'm like, it wasn't one that I was like waiting to come back to. So right, hmm. this
0: this is the point for me that I start to lose steam a little bit. I get that it that really? it picks up energy again after unwinding cable car, uh, hmm. but I love the intro to this song. And then it starts to, like I don't like the synth solo, the do 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 do. Oh,
1: really? I don't. I I
0: don't, man. It's just I feel like I've heard it
1: before. It's kitschy and it's kind of yeah. It's very. I'm not saying it as a as a part is derivative, but it has the feel of something that you've heard before. Yeah. Yeah. But so I can see where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, but it's like I said, it it feel it feels like a like a track that could have been on Blueprints for the Black Market.
2: It definitely does.
0: So, so I do think it's cool in that respect of that it, you know, is is bringing
2: back to that sound.
0: Yeah. And I, I think I think it's pretty cool when a band can do that successfully.
1: For sure. I thought it was interesting on that um website with all the lyrics and the explanation behind them. He talks about um Stephen talks about it being sort of based on um A true story of a friend of his and i think that's really cool to like take a take a real life event and make a story song out of it um you know obviously it's not going to be one-to-one it's not exact truth telling but it's taking some components of a real lived event so i i I give him points for that i will say the like math and numbers metaphor thing seemed to not really land like it was like he was using it very inconsistently at some points he's like talking about it and then it just kind of flies right out the window and then it comes back and it didn't always make sense to me and it got kind of muddled up with like the gasoline fire idea i'm like trying to i'm trying to connect all these dots and i'm like maybe i'm just failing to do it as a listener like it could be on yeah me, and even but, just the um, length
2: of that title stands out compared to the, the rest of this album and i think a lot of other Berlin songs that like that's just a very kind of out of left field title for them to have, yes, and for, or for Steven to write. So it does kind of stick out for a little sure. bit. So it feels very like something that would be in on a 2007 kind of pop punk emo album, but not an yes. Amberlynn album,
1: yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And kind of throughout this album, another thing that that stuck out to me is that I think I, as a listener, really appreciate when they as a band and Steven as a writer and singer leans into some of the more theatrical, dramatic, poetic, um romantic language like when he really embellishes and really leans into that kind of theatricality, I like it um as a concept. It doesn't always land for me as like something that I think is like really um Maybe, maybe like the maybe the subject matter itself isn't something that's interesting to me, but I really respect that he writes mm-hmm. that way, that he really leans into kind of some of the, those like prosy, poetic, um, lyric writing tendencies. I, I like when he does that, but I just think sometimes, uh, like on this song, it's a great example of, of him kind of throwing a lot at the wall, like math and gasoline and a broken relationship and it's a song it's a too much and yeah, yeah. Been. so maybe maybe somebody could like talk me through how it all connects um but it's like as a listener just kind of dropping into this song for the first time i got a little lost but i'm grateful for having been able to go on the journey yeah
2: well and lyrically like revisiting what he talks about which we have mentioned this a couple of times the site i think it's just <clears throat> for listeners out there if you want to look up, it's AmberlinLyrics.tumblr.com. Yeah, um, because he talks about like uh making it like a country song and like telling a story. And I'm guessing, oh, in, yeah. right, in the story of this, like there's a breakup and the a house burned down, da- burns down as a result of right. it. And I'm guess I think the- right. Guy burns it down. I guess after the girl leaves is what I get. Yeah, because he's so okay. distraught. Okay, that cool. was my take
0: as well. We've all been well. there, right? Yeah, takes me totally. back. Totally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can still smell the gasoline.
0: Am I the only one who's thought about burning down a house after a breakup? No, one willing to admit I, yeah, it. Yeah, I can't say that. Have I've my had breakups that just in general been more intense than y'all's? I feel like that's probably the case, but I don't want to.
1: Yeah, basically, <laughs> Stephen Christian should write a song about your mm-hmm. life. Oof. I think that's what we're figuring Oof. out.
2: No, thank you. That's why you write such good songs. No? Because you feel thank those you. emotions of wanting to burn down a house, and then you turn it into a song.
0: After and I burned down it. a so house. Yeah. Uh, I was about
2: to say, and save yourself a, 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 a life They're of ours. They're going to use this in court one day, guys.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I'm never breaking Yeah,
1: it. there's no way you're going to uh, pick up on the insurance, <laughs> the home insurance. Yeah. They'll find
0: it. Cool. Well, for a song that that's I found good. incredibly okay we've talked too much about it let's move on to track number seven hello alone is this where the interstate ends in coastal towns
2: like- ooh bendy guitars yeah great guitars <laughs> I don't really like the title. It feels very like something you would just like come up with on a first draft. But I don't can't really like Agreed. Hate on it too much. This was one I think for me whenever I was first getting into the record, this was one of the songs that uh kind of connected with me pretty early on that I was it was really easy for me to get into whenever I was like first discovering cities. So, that was I have like fond memories of it for that. I've like have other songs that I like more now, but I do like a lot about this song still. Well, I have a theory on that.
0: I have a theory on why that connected to you so
2: much. I would love to hear it.
0: Uh, This song to me feels like the most formulaic rock and roll song. 100%. You have. The A part of every verse is really bass heavy with like delay guitar, the B part of every verse, then it goes into that palm mute and you have the halftime pre-chorus and the big chorus. And it, it feel, it feels the most sort of like radio rock thing, which does make it really accessible. Um, and I don't think there's anything bad about that, but I don't know. I don't know. Back me up or refute me. I don't know.
1: I need. No, I totally agree. I think the song construction is just very across the board. Like it, it works. Like you're saying, it's functional. Like it's like super strong, formulaic songwriting. This is where I
2: started noticing though that balance of like leaving open space and like having gaps and to let things breathe before you come in heavy again. I feel like this song. Mm -hmm. If mm. even if it is a little formulaic, like you're saying, and it's structured, that I think it does it really well of having those open those like peaks and valleys where it keeps like intensity and like lets things breathe and brings
1: things back in well.
0: Yeah, I, so, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Like I like when I say formulaic, I I think it's a yeah,
1: it can be a dis. It's it's a, like a formula that it works. Like, a, a like it, it works. Yeah, the um, equation. Agreed.
0: It's like a classic rock and roll kind of, even to the point of like, like the drums, like on the first chorus, there's that uh, like Pat Boone, like classic rock and roll drum fill. Like, just like, it's all just like classic across the board. Yeah. The Um, the drums
2: on this one really caught my attention. So I do really like Mm -hmm. the drums on this track.
1: Yeah, they're very fun. And he also brings the that kind of gritty, screamy energy on the "Do You Care at All," which also amps things up. Like to 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 um sort of echo what Kylan's saying about the formulaic songwriting being a strength, knowing when to use that. Yeah, was this a perfect time in the song?
0: Was this ever a single
1: from this record? What what were the singles? No, was it just Godspeed Godspeed and and
0: Unwinding
2: Cable Car? far as i know
0: that's interesting because hmm. i feel like with how high this got on the billboard charts this feels like like i would hear this on the radio but it's a it's a good song <laughs> you guys got anything else
1: no nope. don't think well, so that's perfect
0: because we're going right into track number eight alexithymia
1: pronounce
0: it? I don't know. How would you pronounce it?
1: I have no idea. That's how it reads
0: to me, alexithemia. So, for those of y'all that don't know, alexithemia is defined as the inability to recognize emotions and their subtleties and textures. So, I didn't pay attention to the lyrics, but I don't know if that has any... I assume that has bearing on the lyrics of the song.
1: Well, on the the wonderful website that we've mentioned many times. Uh, Steven says, this song is about someone who never truly saw the world for, ha- for what it was or could be. We had so much in common, but God and the love were not two of those areas. If I could go back and change this chorus, I would. It feels repetitive when I listen now. Such great potential.
2: Interesting, because yeah. that's what um, I said about it too. Interesting. I yeah. never noticed that it was... Like the chorus is just those two lines over and over again, and after reading that, I was like, "It's one of those things." Like now, I'm always aware of it whenever I listen to the song, but I it doesn't bother me. So. Can I
0: tell you the one thing that bothers me about this song more What's than anything else? You? I know it's a real word, but I really hate the word conversation.
2: I knew
1: someone was going to mention. <laughs> Welcome that. back to Grammar <laughs> Jams. Now,
0: I if
2: we <laughs> would.
1: I wondered if we would right. talk about this. I'm so glad we're
0: entering Grammar Jams now.
1: Oh dang it! <laughs> this, this whole this Grammar Jams corner. This whole episode has just been to
2: set up our new spinoff podcast.
0: <laughs> yep, this is a backdoor pilot for Grammar Jams now. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I do.
1: Yeah, conversate's an interesting one. I Conversate. The divisive.
2: What is it? What, what is the exact line? Conversate to the sounds, to the sounds of a record player.
1: Yeah. Just. I mean, it's state. it's an interesting choice, you know, like, he wanted a three-syllable word to say talk.
0: I know, but no, he says conversate, and then immediately and then follows it say... with the word conversation.
2: And yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That, yeah, see, see, that's what I don't like. That feels a little lazy. As they conversate, conversate to the sounds. So it's, it's conversate twice. Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I trust you. On that, um,
1: but even just the repetitive nature of conversation, like,
0: yeah, I just i I don't know, it really bugs me
1: it it just feels like because it feels sort of pretentious or I don't or know up, there extra? there's
0: there's <laughs> just something about that word, it's just like, yeah, I get that it's a word, but like it's a word no one uses
1: why, why you yeah. gotta
2: use it? he wants more people to use it. he's.
1: It's like it I said earlier, Kylan. I feel like it is actually it is a word. Real. I
0: looked it up because I was like, it can't be a word, and it was. It says it's wrong in my notes app, but I, I looked it up. It is. It is a real word.
1: Yeah, technically, it is a word. It's like I said earlier. I, th- I think he leans into the like flowery poetic language. He's very. He's like. He's a he's a drama guy, like, and so. Well, according know, it but it, according it to it felt natural to me, Merriam
0: Webster. Furthermore. Conversate is a non standard form and widely frowned upon in formal writing. Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. So, so we frown We,
0: us and Merriam Webster, <laughs> frown upon the use of conversate. <laughs> this has been another episode of Grammar Jams Now. Um, I don't like this solo. But
1: I wanted to it mention be better. this. Okay. The the intervals that that the, the, the and the then it's like going up at like half steps over the chord progression doesn't seem to jive. Mm-mm. But I wanted to ask the guitar players in the room, like, do y'all know what's happening? Like, do y'all know why that choice was made? What can you tell me? Unlock this mystery for me. I don't know,
0: I I'm guessing they heard the word conversate and were just thrown for a loop for the rest of the session.
2: They were so <laughs> mad just got, This is how, just how that makes me feel in a bending <laughs> frenzy because of it.
0: Yeah. Convers what the hell's conversate mean what does
2: conversate <laughs>
0: he's really gonna use that
2: guys okay then i'm gonna use this solo then i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna use this
0: yeah Maybe exactly. everyone was just mad at each other and they're just like all right yeah we're just this all is doing whatever we want
1: recording process at the studio where everybody's just like tired of everybody else and they haven't eaten and they're just kind of hangry and Stephen just said conversate, and no one says
2: conversate
1: off the deep <laughs> end.
2: <laughs> okay, I know we've dogged on this song a lot. I'm gonna say something though. Please. And, and this please record, this is a hard thing because this record has like so many obviously big songs on it that like you have to acknowledge. It's mm-hmm. like, yes. But personally, this is one of maybe my favorite song on the record though. There's something really? about it just works so much for me. Like, even though he says conversation... Well, you should
0: have said something. I wouldn't have been as much of an No, answer.
2: no, I'm glad. I wanted to... <laughs> no, it's fine. It's not going to hurt no. it for me. I I don't know. I just... This is one... And it kind of, like, it didn't show up on the record for me, like, on my radar until a little bit later, so it kind of grew on me. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's just always been one that, like... Obviously, the front and the end of this record is really stacked. So then, like, in the middle, you just feel mm-hmm. like you're kind of going through just, like, the middle waiting for the end. And then the more I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I really love like Alexithemia in the middle, kind of like holding it together between the beginning and the end of this record. So like it's a one of my personal favorites. Uh it's hard to like discount against some of the obviously like other ones you would easily put in like the top ten Amberlyn songs of all time, which this record has a couple of. But personally, right. I really love it. No, I one.
0: do agree though, like I, I know I sounded maybe kind of harsh, but this is a really good song. Uh,
2: the verses yeah, I really to, love, especially. So, the verse and the choruses, too. But
0: uh, to go back to being the comparison guy, this reminded me did either either of you guys listen to uh, Boys Like Girls? Did
2: no. Have, was that the Hero okay. Heroine song? Yes, okay. Hero
0: Heroine. Um, that was theirs. Thunder. This song reminded me, production wise, reminded me of a Boys, Boys Like Girls song. And I, I'm into it. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I like the the drum and bass groove at the beginning. Yeah, like that and then that, that automatically
2: up. is like that's something that you haven't really heard on this record very much. So I feel like that automatically, right. and then and then Steven's line of like "Don't try to wake me up," and and so I, I that's a great yeah. vocal. But like it just brings you in automatically. Like the drum and bass, and you're like, okay, this is a little bit different. And then I feel like Steven's vocals and that melody and just like it's a fun thing to sing along to. And I think like, kind you talk about being a vibe guy, I think that's like, for me, like lyrically, there are some songs that like resonate with me lyrically. But for the most part, I'm like, if it's a fun song to sing along to, I'm mostly fine with it. Unless there's like a word or something they're saying in there that like takes you out, which you could argue, conversate, takes you out of like the, what? That's a weird thing to say. But for the most part, that's one of the things I'm like, as long as it's like a fun song to sing along to, it's got a good cadence and like the words like roll off your tongue, like in a satisfying manner. That's the one. Yeah. I feel like with this song, it has that where it rolls off your tongue as you're singing it in a very satisfying way. Maybe that's what I like about it. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, that's why I had to bring it up. So, so quickly because conversate. That's really my only
1: uh thing
0: with the song. That I yeah, have a because
1: problem. even the the guitar bends like solo thing I don't i I don't love it, but I like it I think like it is it's unique it's, it's weird. Apart from and we're talking record. about yeah. it we are talking about right, it. so I kind of I kind of respect that about it that it's weird that it's out there I
0: get it I would maybe put this song I know what we've done before like alternate track lists I don't really have one, but if I were to, I would put the. I feel like I would maybe enjoy this song even more if it was right after Unwinding Cable Car. I feel like...
2: Yeah, I think track four or track six could work really well for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think I'm starting... I'm starting to get a little fatigued
2: by this point in the record. Mm. Um. That's why the more and more you listen to this record, you're like, oh... I'm getting fatigued, but then alexithemia comes in, you're like, okay, wait. Alexithemia comes in and and saves the day. Yeah, and then you don't have ability to feel emotion. Second wind. Is that what it was? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right, that's all we got. Let's move on to track nine, reclusion. got it. I'm over
1: it. What? What I wrote is, this is our metal song, guys. <laughs> that's I. That's yeah, the you guys the guitars come in?
2: song. That's the thing that this song I think brings the most is that it has like that harder, darker edge to it. To it's yeah hord. compared to the rest of it. Hord. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, one that for me, I'm just never like meh. So, I don't really have much to say yeah. about this one. I do like the I don't half-time either. Drums I'm in just in the like, last I'm... chorus. I like that. Like that's cool mm-hmm. when it comes. So that's But that's overall the thing. verses
0: are really boring. It's not fun to sing along to.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I I can't even get bored by it because the words to me are so creepy that I can't settle at all into this song. I don't know. Like what yeah, like, it makes me, like, it do makes you mean me exactly? like uncomfortable. Like what is he what is he talking about? Because so, like I
0: said, I have no idea what he's saying in this song.
1: At the this beginning about skeletons. he says something, like like something about like killing line. people. He says something about killing people at the beginning, and then in like the second verse, there's something about hang on, I wrote it in my notes because it was it's like cool, it's good lyricism. So like it's another one of those things where I'm like, I don't per- personally like it, but I have to respect the lyricism. He says there's an art in seclusion, production in depression. If a stranger turns up missing, this song is my confession. And I'm like, damn, that's dark. But like it works. Yeah. You know? That more over-the-top
2: theatrical. I just it creeped me
1: out. I don't know.
2: That's kind of like that over the top kind of theatrical kind of thing you were maybe talking about earlier. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. It's him doing that again. And I think I think if that's your jam, like if you like the kind of dark, the skeleton thing, and like the, the like gothic imagery and all that stuff, like AFI kind of like very yes,
0: even a little like Marilyn Mansony kind of like
1: yes. And I don't like that stuff as much. You don't like spooky stuff.
0: You're not a spooky boy. I know. Not
1: not in my music. No, it has. I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm picky about my spooky. I'm spooky picky.
0: That's valid. That's I don't you like this the right guitar
2: point. sound that's happening right now. Oh no, yeah. Yes, I wrote that, that as well. <laughs> it bothers me. Yeah. I don't even know what is on it to make it
1: sound like that. Yeah. But- it's a real yeah,
0: like yeah, industrial it's kind it's of funny. sound. Almost like a nine-inch nails kind of. Is that a
1: pedal? Is that an After effect?
0: All of the, the above. He probably yeah. just he probably just rubbed his guitar against a skeleton.
1: <laughs> that's what it was. He went in the closet and just. Found the skeleton. Rubbed the guitar on it.
0: Hey, screw um, you for using the word conversation. <laughs> the skeleton. <laughs> He's still not over it. It's on the next it's song.
2: He's so like, sad. I'm still gonna. Do I'm still pissed.
1: <laughs> also, what does the that last chord progression remind me of? I don't know. Hot topic. It's like. <laughs> 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 I don't know. It's like like Breaking <laughs> Benjamin or
0: Chevelle, oh, or very, cool. yes. You know, like Yeah. Three Days Grace or something. Definitely. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'd yeah. cut it.
2: No, definitely my probably my least favorite on the record. So. Oh, by the way, TJ, have we talked about your favorite yet?
1: Uh I mean, I mentioned really liking um which one was it the there's there's there is no mathematics oh yeah to love and loss because it's got that synth rock jam. i also really do like um how how did you pronounce it oh elixithemia yeah do we talk about yours okay i like that one as well do we talk about yours
2: not yet yo which takes us to the next song what you got
0: moving on speaking of moving on to track number 11 inevitable My least favorite song on the record.
2: Okay, all right.
0: I hate this song. I'm uh, I'm so I switch, do not man. like it at all. It is like a shitty Christmas song.
2: <laughs> it doesn't even have the jingle
0: bells in it. there. I know, yeah. and the yeah. guitar like na 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 Yeah, and it doesn't have sweet sweet bass. I don't like the bass on it. Yeah, it sounds like a like a stupid Christmas song. The strings, I'm over it. It's overproduced, cheesy. Although I do like—is that Aaron Marsh it doing vocals? It is Aaron vocals? Marsh. But I wish he would do more. Yes, he needed he to do more. more. He did backup vocals on like mm-hmm. one line. And it's like if you have Aaron Marsh, like, and you're going for this kind of like chill vibe,
2: freaking lean well, into
0: especially it. Especially if you're going real, and let him do more. Real
2: romantic, you give Aaron Marsh more space to do his thing,
1: because it's Aaron Marsh. Yeah. Yes.
2: You want that Copeland yeah. feel.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
2: Exactly. This is just a stupid
1: song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what okay. do you got? <laughs>
2: yeah, it stands out obviously cuz it's like the brightest most optimistic song on the record. So, uh yeah. it was one for me that I always like really liked as a teenager cuz you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait like it's like it's like those teenage romantic feelings. So, like, I always liked it, and it feels like a very memorable song, but now I said I wrote, said it's a super memorable song, but I think I'm kind of over it. Like, I've heard it a lot. Like, I remember really liking it back in the day, but it's not one that I I could live without it if it wasn't on this record. So, and it does feel like you were saying kind of very overproduced, that they were, I wrote that they were really trying to get the song in the movies with all the strings and everything. Like, you could see they're like, okay, this is going to be the song that's in, like, all the... Big romantic scenes of the movie. It'd be in like, like a Twilight movie. Yeah. That felt like that's what they were <laughs> kind of going for. Like the Twilight Christmas special. <laughs> a Christmas Christmas romantic movie.
1: <laughs> they were trying to go toe-to-toe with Band of Horses and Iron and Wine. What were they thinking? Yeah. No, I actually, it's funny that the strings were one of the things that you didn't like, Kylan, because that was the only thing that I liked about this song. Oh, really? It was the sweeping strings and then the pizzicato strings. I, I actually really... My ear, like leaned into that stuff because everything it's else hard to was like so hard. meh.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. I would probably even that say that it. they're probably my favorite part of the For song, me. too. Yeah, that was all. The song can also just burn in a house fire. God, they <laughs> are going to use this in court,
1: aren't they? the yes. skeletons. where <laughs> the skeletons were. I guess. The, strings, the strings go in the closet with the skeleton and just set it all on fire.
2: <laughs> Along with the stranger that oh, turned everything.
1: Oh, man, up missing. yeah. Yeah, and the sleigh bells—that's bad. Those in there too. The
2: song does have a really nice <laughs> crescendo; like it builds up really well. That's true. But yes, it is just pretty. Cheesy. I guess, but so is the lead up to Christmas,
0: and it's like okay, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> like I don't need it.
1: No, I I can't. Oh yeah, we've we've hit the point in the podcast where Kylan's just like cranky. He needs he needs a nap <laughs> or like a snack or something.
0: Let's move on to track number eleven. This man will repair.
1: <laughs>
0: Guys, this is hands down my favorite song on this record. It is so good.
1: Hey, we finally got right. it.
0: This is. I had to play up Inevitable a little bit. Oh, I know. Because, but I do really hate that song. But Dismantle Repair is so my favorite song on this record.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And, like, okay, it's both great. of you guys so, have why. played with me long enough to maybe understand how much of this song I have, in one way or another, just sort of ripped off. <laughs>
1: ripped off entirely triplets triplets are my favorite thing in the world
0: yeah. <laughs> even josh and del Sur, like, like yes we did that one ghost town showdown goodness. i got that That it starts out the same way with the triplets that so
1: good yes.
0: so good
1: oh yeah yeah i wrote it reminds me of the wedding in the best way possible yeah i really like the wedding and i feel like they do a lot of that really you really well,
0: like the wedding too. We not talked about this i do yeah they were they were my youth group worship band
1: oh yeah before they were the wedding it. and then they I keep forgetting
0: yeah so i'm excited to cover them at some point
1: but yeah i said classic early aughts punk pop post hardcore reminds me of the wedding in the best way
0: it's got that that even the lead line on the chorus i never right? heard lead this song really
2: the that do 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 do
0: do do uh, so uh,
2: good yeah. No, this is one, I'm glad you like this one cuz this is one that I feel like is like the big fan favorite on the record that like if you're an Amberlin fan, you love Dismantle Repair. Mhm. And like it's a mm-hmm. great song live. Later he started doing it Stephen would do it just solo on piano and kind of like make it Oh, jazz. interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that's really fun. Uh which made it like a really good sing along part. So like he would sing you dismantle me," and like the audience would be like repair. So like Left a lot of room for that call yeah, and response. that's so, cool. That's you cool. can hear it. Yeah, there's an acoustic version of this on the Lost Songs. Yeah, but you can hear the, the piano version on, like, they have Devotion, which was a re-release of Vital, that has, like, a live album on there. So, But okay. I always liked that. I, I liked whenever he would do it acoustic, but then, I mean, or acoustic on piano, but then, I mean, it's mm-hmm. such a good song. You want to hear it, like, full band live. You want to hear it
0: big, man. I love, yeah, I love the juxtaposition of like, like the verses feel like like really fast. I love the the syncopated rhythm, on um but
1: there's still like atmospheric. The oh verses, yeah, which I like. Yeah, he,
0: he talks about it's it, both. You're right when he says like talk about life, God, death, and your family. Like that, like feels like like real energetic, especially after hmm. boring me half to death with inevitable. <laughs> the most boring song that has ever been written in the history of the world
1: <laughs> they're starting to redeem themselves a little bit on this yeah, one yeah right then they
0: dismantle back. all of my expectations from that song and repair them with this
2: that was good nice. i got to give that to you i know nice yeah. i know
0: that's why you guys keep me around Yeah. Yep. um yeah. yeah i love uh there's like the kind of yelling thing like a little yeah. bit screamy which i'm into and I love the the yeah. weird, crazy, like, swirly echo effect on the vocals in the bridge.
2: Mm-hmm. It's so good. Well, the, I was Very I was talking cool. about, because I love the bridge, because I'm a sucker for, like, a three-chord progression, where it's got, like, a real quick turnaround as you're used to doing three chords. But I was listening to this, and is it on the vocal effect, or is it, like, a reverse delay on the guitar I thought I heard? It's something... It could be both. both. It might be both. it's like be a both. or like a reverse delay effect, but I had never noticed that before, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I think it still- might be a reverse delay on the guitar and then like a short forward delay on the vocal. Okay, so you kind of get like some Same. overlapping kind of, that's just the overlapping swirly effect. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I hear the tremolo
2: on the guitar. Yeah,
1: those boos are great. Phasedy stuff on the vocals. Sweet, sweet bass
2: too. So good, dude. Yeah, no, I I love that bridge. It's really good. And
1: then when they get back into it, and that there's that whoa, I think I love this song so much because it has that moment where it's very like. It's got swaggered to it. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's like, those triplets, it man. Feels like triplets give you swagger. He's thr- That's true. That's true. It's the combination of the triplets with the vocals that feel like throwaway vocals. Yeah. On purpose. Right. Like it, because I think, I think I just figured something out. I think a lot of, Anne Berlin songs to me feel too try hard. Okay. And this one doesn't. It feels very, very just like kind of in the moment. Goosey goosey. Yeah. And I love that about yeah. it. And I think you're right. I think the triplets are a big part of that, but also the vocal, um, the melodic ideas that are happening right. in this in this song are just super natural, like very fluid, and they feel fun. Not
0: supernatural, like spooky, like reclusion.
1: Uh, no, because we all know I'm I'm, picky I'm not a spooky boy. Spooky. I know. Right.
0: <laughs> yep. Dude, yeah, and then that stop
2: in that last chorus. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yes. sure. I always love. I guess I don't know if it's like a. It's probably there's more of that stop, but I always love when like as a non drummer here, there's like sometimes where like a drummer will start a fill and like it won't end until like the second beat of like the next measure, and I always love yeah, yeah, I always love when when they do that because like it feels like delayed to like it when it does finally end, it feels really cool. So it's so good, yeah.
0: And just like any moment where you're like in a crowd and there's like one word. That they can just stop all the instruments and everyone just yells is the coolest freaking thing ever.
1: Yeah, the best moment. All about it in yes. a live setting. Sure. Yeah, this is
0: definitely far and away my favorite song. This. this is the one that, like, like Josh, like you were saying, like if you only have time to listen to like two or three songs, I'll listen to this in Godspeed, uh, and Godspeed, and gets mm-hmm. me like pumped. Up. And just like the song, so effortlessly segues into the last track. So are we going to effortlessly segue into fin, 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 fin. That was not effortless at all.
2: Kylan, I want to hear told, in your words about how this song has specifically impacted. I completely you ripped off this song. <laughs> I literally, exactly and, ripped and off this song for the last I, track of an, an album. Also, a, an accomplice for ripping off this song on that song as well. Uh, Yeah, you know, I think I'll,
0: I'll post a link in the show notes to the song Ad Memoriam. Uh, when Josh and I were in college, we recorded an album with the band The Truth About Movie Stars called Via Maurice. Uh, did the same thing that this record did. There was an intro track and like an outro track. And that last song on the record was sort of like a last minute. We were like in the studio, right? And just sort of like, hey, I have this idea. It's sort of split into two parts. There's like a really chill first part, and then it builds. It's this huge epic. I think we had what do we have like seven or eight guitar tracks? Yeah, which
2: Um, was a ton back then.
0: Plus like two pianos. Yeah, I mean just on like my dinky like MacBook.
2: I was playing the (laughs) bass notes, and you're playing because I don't think either of us were good enough. We couldn't really play piano, piano both hands at the same time. So yeah.
0: But I totally ripped off this song. Yeah, because we were, but it's because it's so good. We were,
2: the, we were always just saying, like, okay, we need to write something that's like Finn and Transatlanticism combined." Exactly. Like, those are both exactly. like seven-minute songs.
0: And I think we did think that. We did, yeah. Although now listening to this now, as like as an adult man with like responsibilities and stuff, this song is. I don't have time for it. <laughs> it's so French. Yeah. I don't need an eight-minute song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I said, I'm all for a long song, but it feels repetitive, so
2: yeah. I it could know. you could have like that last hour. I like long tracks, like the main bulk of the song happens within like a little less than six minutes, which is an acceptable right of time. So, right, yeah.
0: I thought it was really cool how, how he used the line patron saint of lost causes again, like it feels like just a continuation from dismantle repair. Um,
1: yeah, those are great callbacks. St.
2: Like Jude carried over. I know from watching The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. So, oh, perfect. Sean Connery mm-hmm. Says mm-hmm. It. Brian De Palma classic. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. I tell you, I went Brian on effect. a big
0: Brian De Palma kick this last year. Mm-mm. This is a total tangent. We can probably cut all this.
2: There's Movie Jams now.
0: <laughs> Dress to Kill is a great movie. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Jams now.
1: <laughs> Wait, was that. Dress 2? Like the number 2? No. Kill? Because I've got a grammar uh, Oh my God. to pick with that. <laughs> dress T-O-O. To dress, grammar dress, movie jam Dressed, comma,
0: 2Kill. Two 2Kill.
1: Two <laughs> dress T-O-O, kill.
0: Uh, This song is so epic, though. I saw them do this live at Cornerstone.
2: What year was that? Ooh, street, cred. Huh? street cred. What year was that, Cornerstone?
0: No, I think that was 2008 or 2009.
2: Okay. so
1: still pretty recent after it. I'd
0: have to look it up, but they were headlining, and they they ended with this song. It was so good. Um, I'm
1: pretty sure I was there. Not at that show, because...
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Me Without You. Oh, I was going to say, Me Without You headlined that year also, but I'm guessing those two headlined, like, every year for, like, six years.
1: (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah. Yeah, I just I like how it just like starts off as just real chill. Um and it's like telling a story. Couple stories. And then it just like when those drum it just like drums just hit huge and it's funny, I was listening to this today, uh, at the table we were having breakfast and I had it on in the living room and I looked over at my wife and I was like, you know, this used to be like my pump up song? She just started laughing. She's like, there's like a children's choir. How is this like a pump up song? I'm like, no, when you hear it really loud, it's way cool.
1: (laughs) I was going to mention that because. So my problem with it is it's like the same chord progression or like vibe for three minutes. That's the that's if we're talking about something being long. That's the problem I have with it is that it's doing the same thing for too long. I can listen to a long song, but okay. I want it to like take me places. And I get that it's a steady build. So like I respect that about it conceptually. But then I love that at the point that it does finally just rip, it really does nail it. Like it takes you somewhere, you know. His voice he's is so good like he it. like
0: belts it out there like
1: yes. Yeah, he he's floating on top of the of the music and it's really great. I was going to say, though, the children's choir. I got to agree with Jen. Like in 2022, the children's choir feels hacky, to be honest. And that's what, like I said earlier, Josh, when I was like struggling with how I'm listening to this whole album, I feel like in 2007, I would have thought it was well, really cool. I wrote
2: 2007 was a big year for tooth and nail releases with children's choirs because this was in February and then in October. Thousand Foot Crutches, The Flame in All of Us, there's a song on there, What Do We Know, that uses a children's choir as well. So it must have been so like, did they really just like have in... a contract? You think they just like yeah, had a contract, a like, like a one-year contract with a children's yeah, choir? Seattle <laughs> children's <laughs> choir. They had to get They're, so like, many performances yeah. out of them. So I think this was just like a thing to do in like that time frame. Sure. It, feel, it, yeah. it
0: feels like uh, at times it feels a little like youtube 2 ish or like in- definitely True. like inspired by it. like that stadium kind of stadium rock. rock thing yeah totally um yeah I will say I don't know if this is necessarily like the time or place to like get into it but I was having a conversation again we were listening to this my wife and I this morning and it hadn't really hit me until today that like 2007 uh The one the line one line I forgot about this song that I I really loved was we're not questioning God, just those he chose to carry on his cross. I wrote that down. And for like two thousand seven me, like that sort of like in a lot of ways sort of like planted that you know, whatever you wanna call it, the deconstruction or you know,
1: questioning it, or doubt or it, 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 it
0: was just it was really big for me that like a Christian band could like say those things, and, and like I said, I don't know if this is necessarily the time or place for like that discussion, especially at the end of like a two hour podcast but uh but you're just saying
1: personally, but it was just
0: a it was a cool line. It was a really good line it as someone that doesn't yeah. listen to lyrics a lot, that's something that sticks out in my mind a lot. It's really good, and yeah. then especially in context of like the whole song. Um, this one feels like a story too. And it feels like a good wrap up, uh, to True. this record.
2: Yeah. Well, in looking at the lyrics, Steven talks about how it's like four different stories that he weaves in. And it's all r- dealing with like different questions and crises in faith. And like, I think some deal with him, but other like the other three are like the first one is him, but the other three are like people that he knew and how like it affected them in one way or the other. Um, and this is something that's like, I'm glad that it, he did it on this song because like, obviously this is the song that's like supposed to be big and epic. But I feel like this song, the lyrics are done really, really well in a way that like they resonate m- more with me as I've gotten older than whenever I first heard it as a teenager. And I'm glad because if it was just like some other right. song, like if it wasn't done as well, it would make this song harder to listen to, I think, So where like, it's trying to be this real big epic thing. And if the lyrics weren't dealing with like, like religion and faith and like in, in a very like honest questioning, searching way, then I feel like it would, right. it, it would fall flatter now than it, than it does. And I, I don't think it does. So I still think it holds up. Yeah. I do too, man.
1: I agree. I think like musically it could, or like you're saying, like if if it wasn't handled quite right, it would feel a little over the top, a little indulgent. I I would argue that it still kind of is that, but a lot of great music is indulgent, and that's okay. But um, but I agree that I think ultimately it works. Like especially as a closer to an album that has as much energy as this one has, it really carries it through and kind of l- lands the yeah, ship. Yeah, and really like well. even the part that of too, at the end where it's
2: kind of just going and it's quiet, and it sounds like. They're hitting literally anything that made a noise in the studio. <laughs> but, yes,
1: this also feels very yeah. YouTube. Yes, yeah, yeah. And especially with like, the
2: yeah, like, I don't vocals. even. I wrote down. it's like, I don't even know what Steven's singing here, but I, it doesn't matter. Like, I like it. If it, it feels like it fits, so I like. I don't need to know what he's singing. Yeah, it feels
0: almost a little improv.
2: Yeah, very kind of stream of, conscious. yes. stream of also consciousness. Also, the what is it? It's one of those.
0: Welcome back to Grammar Jams yeah. now. Is it Streamer, streamer of Conscious James, or Stream of Consciousness?
1: <laughs> stream of con- c- Consciousness. Um, also, Nate is a monster on this track. The drums. Yeah, dude. That he, for a while, he's in 6'8, and then he just jumps immediately into a punk beat in 2'4, and then back into 6'8. Crazy fills. I think there are some of those that you were talking about, Josh, where it goes through the measure and then into the next one very fun drumming like that pulled me in so good dude. i did have one. a question
2: for y'all who because i didn't listen to never take friendship personal until after this record so mm-hmm. i experienced hmm. uh like learning that about that record and the songs on that after this one so whenever like i came to i heard the last song that is like dance dance krista pafkin or something like that which to mm-hmm. me always seemed like okay this is like what they were, they were trying to get to Finn, like trying to make that epic closer and it kind of, it, it's a good song and it works, but it's like not near as epic as Finn is. So it's like, it felt like right the, like Finn Jr. that they were like trying, like the first iteration, <laughs> but like that was okay, but we can make it bigger and better. We can do it yeah. bigger. So it was like, can what, it. Was we it, can... like it, what was it like, what was like to y'all hearing that on, on Never Take First and then hearing Finn on Cities. If there was any Honestly, they felt
0: almost them. like. Yeah, I, I think I think you 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 made a good point of it being sort of like maybe like a first draft or iteration. I don't think the kind of band that they were when Never Take came out necessarily lent itself to doing this kind of song. Whereas however they you know, the new experiences that they had how they had kind of grown where they were in terms of the rest of this record it it's not quite night and day cuz they're still very much obviously in Berlin but it it feels more grown up's not the right word but it feels like a little more epic was kind of where they were as a band as opposed to like you know it seems like playing more Stadiums than clubs, festivals than clubs, and wanted to get more of like a bigger kind of sound. I don't know if that answered your question. I just rambled.
1: No, I see what you're saying. Like they, they had a lot of growth between albums, mm-hmm. and it shows in this last track. Yeah, I think was so, it ever something that? that
2: you were like, oh, they're just trying to redo the no. song? Okay, I didn't know if it. Felt For me, like it that.
0: was just like I said it. They felt like almost two totally different bands. Cities was like a whole other oh, thing oh, oh. for me than the rest of in Berlin. That makes
2: sense? Yeah, for sure.
0: I think it just hit at the right time too. Cool. All right, we did it. We got through the whole record. So final thoughts. What do you guys think? <laughs> kind of overall. Before we get into the official flopper bot. I
1: want to hear from you. I wanna hear some stuff on you. Um, can anybody off the top of their head remind me how the um a whisper and a clamor Clap chorus goes hands, all ye children
2: oh. that was
0: one that was very okay. like youth so,
2: grippy.
1: yeah, so that one and Godspeed and Adelaide to me, uh y- y'all made some good points that they did a good job on this album, giving space and trying to find that dynamic range kind of that roller coaster up and down um dynamic on on this album but I gotta say that there were also a lot of moments throughout this album that the songs reminded me of each other and one thing that stuck out to me is I I think a reason I was feeling that way is it they seem to write a lot of songs in a similar tempo that kind of yeah, driving four four BPM. And I think as a drummer first, it's hard for me sometimes to make the distinction between songs. And a prime example of that is the fact that I can sing three of them in like four bars together as if they're the same song That makes sense. Um Burning down Neverland, scatter the Adelaide, Adelaide. Children clap your hands. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it all just feels like. And and to make the point, it's it's both possibly a negative, and it also means that you could make a damn good medley right. out of all these songs. Right. And Kylan, as the king of medley, <laughs> I would love to hear a Kylan Savage. Anne Berlin City's medley because right. I feel like you could make it. That could be pretty cool. Oh, I, would love, I love. I I wonder if they're all in
2: similar from Scatter the. How you did scatter the ashes right into Adelaide? That was that was Adelaide, very clean. That was great. Yeah, very clean. the
1: A sound. Yeah, and then there's a couple others in, that I can't call to mind now on this album that I could put on the end. You know, and there's, right. there's basically five or six songs that I could sing back to back. So take that as you like. Um, to me. It's a detractor because my brain can't keep it straight and that's partially on me. I can't I can't distinguish between the different songs, so they all just blur together. Um and we talk about alternative track lists, and I think that's a great uh point to make here is that maybe if those three songs weren't back to back, I could distinguish between them better. Yeah. Because I like them. Right. That's the thing, is I like all those songs. But they all just they blur together for me. So that was one major takeaway for this, and I think that's um, maybe a feeling that I have uh, because I'm in my 30s listening to this in 2022 right. as opposed to initially in 2007. That makes sense. Yeah. But I had a good time listening to this album, I gotta say. That's good. I really enjoyed jumping back in. Well, it. so
0: do we want to do it? Do we want to say whether it's a flop or a bop? Let's do it. All right, I will go first. With... The exception of Inevitable. This album's a bop, dude. Even beyond the... Okay. You know, I think I'm leaning a little bit into the nostalgia thing. Um, But I tried to... Yeah, I would definitely do an alternate track list. I'd cut out some stuff. But overall, mm. I think it starts out really strong and it ends really strong. And I think for me that, for me that makes it as a whole it kind of redeem some of the stuff in the middle. So I, I'm, I'm saying this is a bop, y'all.
2: Yeah, I'll go first because I want to hear TJ's after this. I mean, unsurprisingly, I'm gonna say it's a bop. So it's got right. Well, we yeah, knew we knew this why, going in
0: that you and I were going yeah, to be. That's why
2: it's <laughs> an easy. That's, that's why like, no really, really we only care about what TJ exactly. thinks. Yeah. It's. It's got,
0: <laughs> and we know that if he says it's a it's a flop, it's the end of our friendship and the end yeah, of the podcast. So then, there's like a lot riding on it.
2: Angry Amberlin, high fans stakes, is come man. Him. So for real,
0: Dude, all those Amberlinies. all the babies. There's something there. I'll figure it out.
1: Welcome back to Grammar Jams. Now <laughs> I'll figure <laughs> it out.
0: Yeah. All right, continue, uh, Josh.
1: It's just got too many. Uh,
2: classic Amberlin songs, uh, that you would put on like a best of playlist. If you're showing your friend, you could almost just give them this record. It's got some low points. It's one of those things, like maybe some of the songs are just too good that they make the other songs stand out as not being as good as much. If the record was yeah. more mediocre, it, they would work more together, but it's got enough great songs on there. Um, obviously a heavy nostalgia factor listening to it. Cause it's what got me into them. Um, but I still revisit this record and spend a good amount of time with it. I really enjoyed getting listening to it repeatedly this last week, getting into it, preparing for this episode. So, unsurprisingly, a bop. But, and I think it will still continue to be a bop.
0: Yeah, dude. Two bops. All right, TJ. What's up?
1: Man, you guys make it real hard.
0: Why do we make it hard? No, no, no. We're hard? just teasing because hard. I'm... I generally...
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, no, I mean, I I just mean like you have, you have both made some good points, and it, it makes me think about our Amy Grant episode, Kylan, with the, you know, you going in as a Grinch. Oh yeah, I'm sort of the Grinch this time, right. uh, and you guys are like the, the joyful, Anne Berlin cheer myster. Anne Berlin evangelicals. Do um,
0: we convert you?
1: Yeah. I see. I don't know. I'm still so torn. Um, but but you're making all these good points, and and you know, really warming me up. I, I think what's happening, and this may be a very uh uh contentious uh episode for listeners, I think what's happening is is you guys have warmed me up to Anne Berlin as a band. You have made me you have really helped me see kind of their uh, merit. merits. Well what do you what do
0: you think did it for you specifically? Was there anything that was the tipping point? Was it like lyricism or yeah. or Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm going to say uh, the fact that y'all pointed out how slamming the, the drums are on this record um, and Josh's attention to detail with the lyrics kind of helping me wade through them like that. Right. I think that was really helpful. Um, and I'll just say, you know, to hone in on some specific key points, Dismantle, Repair, that's a bop. That song is a bop. Uh Godspeed, I think, is also a bop. I also really like the mathematics uh song that that Kylan doesn't like as much. But I think overall this album still flops for me. Wow, okay. I right. gotta okay. say it. and and I think it has everything to do with the fact that I didn't access this album when I was more into this genre. Right. Of music. That makes sense. Because I am not so much into this genre anymore. And even though I have a lot of I think time and time again on this episode I've said I respect this but I don't like it. Right. Um and I can see the talent, but I don't care for it personally. I get that. So I mean yeah there's some mean, songs every... on here that really land with me, but overall, I think it just barely, I'm gonna say just barely yeah. flops for me.
0: Well, I think in general too, like ever since I've known you, you've been less about the like poppy side of pop punk true and there's a lot of poppiness to this record like pop rock
1: not to say it doesn't go hard but that's
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: because it does but
0: uh yeah i can i can see that not totally being your thing and
1: i think another reason i end up going with flop is because i really want to fall in love with never take friendship personal again whenever we get to that album and I, I oh really so you're gonna throw this one under you're gonna throw me. this one under so the bus can make that one a bop exactly
2: alright
1: really? oh
0: yeah. wow okay edging your pets mm-hmm. it's, I, it's pretty cut through. I mean this is great I totally respect your opinion I mean like I said our friendship is obviously over and we'll only speak yeah, in a professional capacity from now on it's been real Um, it has been great working with really you really Mr. Smith. you'll
2: only right but... in
1: professional capacity
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're done too you're done too I'm done with both of y'all it's, it's too late you
1: guys it feels like you really dismantled us here. Oh my
0: god, I'm done. All right, two two bobs and a flop.
1: That's good. Two bobs and a flop. That, 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 yeah. that's good. Dude, I thought third, this. Win.
0: I thought this was a good conversation, right? We did conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I can't. Can't stop now. Um. Dude, cool. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> oh my god. This is unwinding like a cable car, like rapidly. Um. So next week, what are we covering, guys? Sanctus Real! Wait, yeah, dude. We're covering 2002's Say It Loud by Sanctus Real. I'm.
1: Wait, what was that?
0: Say It Loud by Sanctus Wait, can Real. You,
1: can you speak up a little bit? No. I'm... Josh, what was just it? Just say, it loud. say it loud and clear. I'm sure
0: everyone is already so sick of us <laughs> at this point. No, they hate we been listening to this for, for too long. Uh, yeah, so tune in <laughs> next week. We're going to talk about Say It Loud by Sanctus Real. I'm pretty stoked about it. I don't know. I'm stoked. Okay, so, TJ, the way you were uh, with this Anderlin record is kind of the way I am with this Sanctus As Real album.
1: Ooh, okay. All right, All right. so you're going to
0: have to convince both of us.
1: I'll have to sell you on it. Good Keep luck. In next. Week. I can't wait. It's going to be fun.
0: That's right. All right, and in the meantime, guys, follow us on Facebook, Church Jams Now. We're on Instagram, Church Jams Now, and Jams Now on Twitter. Um, we don't do much on Twitter, but we post funny things sometimes. And to get updates, and check out
1: the Patreon. That's right.
0: Please check out Patreon, patreon.com slash Church Jams Now. Anyways, that's all we got.
1: Bye. See you later, Jammers.
2: Bye. I'm just you I got Bye.